Welcome to another episode of Corona Cold Reads, my entertainment world's answer to social isolation. Every Tuesday and Saturday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern, we're getting together on YouTube Live to broadcast a cold reading of a Shakespeare play. Our actors run the gamut from um, non-professional actors to some of the biggest names in uh, North American classical theater. Um, But what we all have in common is just a really genuine love of Shakespeare and In these uncertain, really genuinely scary times, um, what makes us feel better is getting together and listening to the text and exploring these stories together. So hopefully these episodes will bring you comfort as well, and you'll enjoy them as much as we enjoyed recording them. Um, All of the videos are available on our YouTube channel, which you just search My Entertainment World. Um, as well as on our website, myentertainmentworld.ca, where you can find the full cast lists, um, as well as lots of other articles and all of our other content that we have going up all the time. Um, also, you should follow us on social media, uh, Twitter and Instagram. It's both myentworld, my ENT world. Um, there you'll see, be able to see highlights from all of the recordings, um, as well as you can get the links to watch us live. Um, But we also have all sorts of content created just specifically for those platforms. In addition to, um, that's where you can find links to all of our website content as well, which is myentertainmentworld.ca. The videos do stay up after the live recordings. You can watch them after the fact, or you can catch the audio version in the podcast feed, um, which is you just search My Entertainment World in uh, iTunes, and there you'll find all of our different podcast series where we have the favorite series, the Shakespeare series, the nominee interview series, uh, Corona Cold Reads, Corona Movie Club, Season 1, Episode 1, and the My Entertainment World podcast. Um, Tons of different things happening. There's never been a better time to subscribe to our podcast. We have so much content happening right now. Um, But you're here for Corona Cold Reads for Shakespeare. Um, So these are cold reads for the most part. Uh, Our actors did not have more than a day, maybe two if they're lucky, um, to look over the text if they wanted to. Most of them didn't have the chance to. So it is just them sitting down and reading it cold. Um, so you'll, you'll be able to hear that there will be some rocky moments and some times when we may have to pause and, um, wonder why somebody's got their zoom on mute or, you know, how things happen. Um, we're all adjusting to these new technologies to cope with what we're going through right now. So I hope you enjoy. Our next play is Othello. So this is the penultimate reading from our Shakespeare season, which was the first uh, set of plays that we did. Um, So we're almost at the end. And here we get, we had saved one really famous big classic tragedy until the end, and that's Othello. And I got to tell you, this cast was amazing. So Andre Sills returned. Andre is someone who'd been with us from the very beginning. He'd read, um, he wasn't with us every week, but when he guest starred, it was always a really special thing. Um, he was our Edmund, he was our Aaron. Um, and it was really special to have him back to play Othello. He was obviously so good. Um, and we had actually originally planned to do Othello months and months and months earlier. Um, and for various reasons, scheduling and things, it kept getting pushed and we ended up doing it really late. Um, but since the very beginning, we had had a conversation with Loren Hereda and Anne Van Leeuwen um, to sort of negotiate for, for characters because one of them really want they both really wanted Iago. And we so we decided that one would play Desdemona, one would play Iago. And then for Macbeth, we would switch and whoever got to play Iago would play 
uh, Banquo and whoever got to play Desdemona would play, uh, um, sorry, Lady Macbeth um, as a sort of trade-off. And uh, it worked out beautifully. Macbeth had been at this point months earlier and we'd been waiting just like it was on the books. We were going to have Loren play Iago and Anne Van Leeuwen play Desdemona. And I was so excited. And then months and months went by and we just didn't get to it. And so by the time we finally got to Othello, I was so primed. I was like ready for this cast. We had Andre, we had Anne, we had Loren. I brought in Jesse Nuremberg to play Cassio, who's one of my favorite actors in the whole world. He had been our Hamlet. He was Albany in King Lear. He's so great. And it just speaks to the depth of this cast that he was playing Cassio, who's such a really important role, but a fairly minor role. And so we had so much depth here. Our Amelia was Shailen McFall, who is just no fail. And it just worked out beautifully, this cast. Um, it was really a, a fantastic reading. Um, Othello is not one of my personal favorite plays. Um, I really struggle in general with um, characters who are sort of known in the sort of larger canon, the larger culture as heroic characters who I think of as villains. Um, and one of the, the central tension of Othello is that while it is called Othello and it is certainly Othello's tragedy, it's really Iago's play, which means that in practice, what we're dealing with is an antagonist play. Um, it's about the guy who is bad for bad's sake and trying to do bad things. And there is really no humanizing Iago. He just is a bad guy. Just roll with it. He's someone who just wants to watch the world burn. In fact, a really useful comparison is actually the Joker um, that I remember studying this in school right around when the Dark Knight came out. And this was a very popular uh, take on the text was this idea that, you know, the Joker like Iago or Iago like the Joker, however you want to say it, um, gives multiple excuses for um, in Iago's case, it's why he's doing what he's doing to Othello. The comparable in the Dark Knight was specifically how the Joker acquired his scars you know, people ask him over and over again. He gives a different story every time, um, which is, you know, it means he's lying at least some of the time. Um, you can, if you want, choose one of those stories and run with it and believe that to be your truth. But it's also possible it's all bullshit. Um, and he's just doing it for fun. So Iago's one of those characters. There's really no understanding him. He's just sort of bad. Um, and if you have a good enough actress or actor, I'm saying actress because ours was Loren Hereda, um, and Loren is a spectacular actress, it can be really fun to watch her take over the play and really just delve into those delicious speeches of villainy. But in terms of emotional investment, I really struggle with an antagonist play um, because I really, I want, I genuinely believe that what, what makes human beings human beings is that we're all striving to do good. Um, and even, even, even bad guys, you know, Macbeth and Edmund and specifically Macbeth is a really good example, but also like the bad guys through history, I think for the most part, genuinely believe themselves to be the hero. And that's where your tension comes from. And so when you're dealing with something where your bad guy is your bad guy and your good guy is your good guy, I find that really frustrating, especially because I think, um, that good guys don't smother their wives with pillows under any circumstances. There's just no circumstance in which someone who is capable of smothering their wife with a pillow is someone whose story 
I think, like who had any shot at being a hero. And I find that really frustrating in Othello is that there's so much you can do because it is a well-written play. There's so much you can do about the world and the harshness of the world surrounding Othello and the ways in which the racism of that community informs who he is and how he's seen and how he's attacked from the outside by Iago. But at the end of the day, the violence towards Desdemona, I just find so unforgivable that knowing it's coming, I have a really hard time investing in Othello, even when he's played by someone as wonderful and really talented, but also just really good as Andre. Like, it's very easy to care about Andre, but when he was Othello, I was like, eh, I just, this guy. Don't kill your wife, please. Um, That's sort of my takeaway from Othello is just please don't kill your wife. That's all. Um, so it's not my favorite, but it's, it has its moments. And this cast in particular was so good that it's very close to making me like Othello, not the person, but at least the play. Um, so I hope you enjoy it. Lots of other people love Othello. So you go ahead and love Othello. That's perfectly fine, especially this cast of Othello, because boy, we're getting to the end. This was our last full reading with a regular casting scheme, because when you get to Love's Labors, you'll see what we did there. It's a little bit different. So this was our last sort of traditional approach to one of the Shakespeare readings that kicked off this series. And um, it's a really special one to go out on because, man, what a cast. Hush, never tell me. I take it much unkindly that thou, Iago, who hast my purse as if the strings were thine, should know us of this. Blood, but you'll not hear me? If ever I did dream of such a matter, abhor me. Thou toldest me, thou didst hold him in thy hate. Despise me if I do not. Three great ones of the city, in personal suit to make me his lieutenant. Off cap to him, and by the faith of man, I know my price. I am worth no worse a place. But he, as loving his own pride and purposes, evades them with a bombast circumstance. Horribly stuffed with epithets of war, non-suits my mediators. For certes, says he, I have already chosen my officer. And what was he? Forsooth, a great arithmetician? One Michael Cassio, a Florentine, a fellow almost damned in a fair wife, that never set a squadron in, a, in the field, nor the division of a battle knows more than a spinster, unless the bookish theric, wherein the tongued consuls can propose as masterly as he, Mere prattle without practice is all his soldiership. But he, sir, hath the election. And I, whom his eyes have seen the proof, at Rhodes, at Cyprus, and on other grounds, Christian and heathen, must be believed and calmed by debtor and creditor. This countercaster, he, in good time, must his lieutenant be. And I, God bless the mark, his moorship's ancient. By heaven, I would rather have been his hangman. Why, there's no remedy. Tis the curse of service. Preferment goes by letter and affection, and not by old graduation, where each second stood heir to the first. Now, sir, be judge yourself, whether I in any just term in a find to love the more. I would not follow him, then. Oh, sir, content you. I follow him to serve my turn upon him. We cannot all be masters, nor all masters cannot be truly followed. You shall mark many a duteous and knee-crooking knave that, doting on his own obsequious bondage, wears out his time much like his master's ass, 
for naught but provender. And when he's old, cashiered. Whip me some honest knaves. Others there are who, trimmed in forms and visages of duty, keep yet their hearts attending on themselves, and, throwing but shows of service on their lords, do well thrive by them, and when they have lined their coats, do themselves homage. These fellows have some soul, and such a one do I profess myself. For, sir, it is as sure as you are Rodrigo. Were I the more, I would not be Iago. In following him, I follow but myself. Heaven is my judge, not I, for love and duty, but seeming so. For my peculiar end, when my outward action doth demonstrate the native act and figure of my heart in compliment extern, tis not long after, but I will wear my heart upon my sleeve for jaws to peck at. I am not what I am. What a full fortune does the thick lip owe if he can carry it thus. Call up her father. Rouse him, make after him, poison his delight. Proclaim him in the streets, incense her kinsmen. And though he in a fertile climate dwell, plague him with flies, that this his joy be joy, yet throw some chances of vexation on it, as may lose some color. Here's her brother's house. I'll call out. Do, with, like, timorous accent and, and, and die or yell, as when... By night and negligence, the fire is spied in populous cities. What ho, Brabantio? Senor Brabantio, ho! Awake! What ho! Brabantio, thieves! Thieves! Look to your house, your daughter, and your bags! Thieves! Thieves! Brabantio ent- appears above at a window. What is the reason of this terrible summons? What is the matter there? Senor, is all your family within? Are your doors locked? Why, wherefore ask you this? Sound, sir, you are robbed. For shame, put on your gown. Your heart is burst, and you have lost half your soul. Even now, now, very now, an old black ram is tupping your white ewe. Arise, arise, awake the snorting citizens with the bell, or else the devil will make a grandsire of you. Arise, I say. What, have you lost your wits? Most reverend senor, do you know my voice? Not I. What are you? My name is Rodrigo. The worser welcome. I have charged thee not to haunt about my doors. In honest plainness thou hast heard me say, my daughter is not for thee. And now, in madness, being full of supper and distempering drafts, upon malicious bravery dost thou come to start my quiet. Sir, sir, sir. Sir, thou must needs be sure my spirit and my place have in them power to make this bitter to thee. Patience, good sir. What tells thou me of robbing? This is Venice. My house is not a grange. Most grave Brabantio, in simple and pure soul, I come to you. Zounds, sir, you are one of those that will not serve God if the devil bid you. Because we come to you to do you service, and you think we are ruffians? You'll have your daughter covered with a Barbary horse. You'll have your nephews nay to you. You'll have... Courses for cousins and genets for Germans. What profane wretch art thou? I am one, sir, that comes to tell you your daughter and the moor are making the beast with two backs. Thou art a villain. You are a senator. This thou shalt answer. I know thee, Rodrigo. Sir, I will answer anything, but I beseech you, if it be your pleasure and most wise consent, as partly I find it is, 
that your fair daughter at this odd even and dull, dull watch night, transported with no worse nor better guard, but with a knave of common hire, a gondolier to the gross class of a lascivious moor. If this be known to you and your allowance, we then have done you bold and saucy wrongs. But if you know not this, my manners tell me we have your wrong rebuke. Do not believe that from the sense of all civility, I would thus play and trifle with your reverence. Your daughter, if you have not given her leave, I say again, hath made a gross revolt, tying her duty, beauty, wit, and fortunes in an extravagant and wheeling stranger of here and everywhere. Straight, satisfy yourself. If she be in her chamber or your house, let loose on me the justice of the state for thus deluding you. Strike on the tender, ho. Give me a taper. Call up my people. This accident is not unlike my dream. The leaf of it oppresses me already. Light, I say. Light. Exit above. Farewell, for I must leave you. It seems not meet nor wholesome to my place to be produced as... If I stay, I shall against the moor, for I do know the state. However, this may gall him with some check, cannot with safety cast him, for he's embarked with such loud reason to the Cyprus wars, which even now stands an act, that for their souls, another of his fathom, they have none to lead their business. In which regard, though I do hate him as I do hell pains, yet for the necessity Necessity of present life, I must show out a flag and sign of love, which is indeed but sign that you shall surely find him. Lead to the Sagittary and the raised search, and there I will be with him. So farewell. Exit. Enter below Brabantio and servants with torches. It is too true and evil. Gone she is. And what's to come of my despised time is naught but bitterness. Now, Rodrigo, where didst thou see her? Oh, unhappy girl, with the moor, sayst thou. Who would be a father? How didst thou know? Twas she. Oh, she deceives me past thought. What said she to you? Get more tapers. Raise all my kindred. Are they married, think you? Truly, I think they are. Oh, heaven. How got she out? Oh, treason of the blood. Fathers, from hence trust not your daughters' minds, but what you see them act. Is there not charms by which the property of youth and maidenhood may be abused? Have you not read, Rodrigo, of some such thing? Yes, sir, I have indeed. Call up my brother. Oh, would you had had her. Some one way, some another. Do you know where we may apprehend her and the moor? I think I can discover him, if you please, to get good guard and go along with me. Oh, pray you lead on. At every house I'll call, I may command at most. Get weapons, ho, and raise some special officers of night. On, good Rodrigo, I'll deserve your pains. Excellent. Scene two, another street, enter Othello, Iago, and attendants with torches. Though in the trade of war I have slain men, yet do I hold it very stuff of the conscience to do no contrived murder. I lack iniquity, sometime to do me service, nine or ten times I had thought, have yerked him here under the ribs. Tis better as it is. Nay, but he prated, and spoke such scurvy and provoking terms against your honor, that with such little godliness I have, I did full hard forbear him. But I pray you, sir, are you fast married? 
be assured you of this, that the Magnifico is much beloved and hath in his effect a voice potential as double as the Duke's. He will divorce you or put upon you what restraint or grievance the law with all his might might have force on it will give him cable. Let him do his spite. My services which I have done the Sindri shall out-tongue his complaints. Yet tis yet to know which when I know that boasting is an honor I shall promulgate. I fetch my life and being from men of royal siege and my demerits may speak unbonneted as to as proud a fortune as this that I have reached. For no, Iago, but that I love the gentle Desdemona, I would not for my unhoused free condition put into circumscription and confine for the sea's worth. But look, what light comes yond? Those are the raised father and his friends. You were best go in. Not I, I must be found. My parts, my title, and my perfect soul shall manifest me rightly. Is it they? By Janus, I think no. Enter Cassio and certain officers with torches. The servants of the Duke and my lieutenant, the goodness of the night upon you, friends. What is the news? Duke does greet you, General, and he requires your haste post-haste appearance, even on the instant. What is the matter, think you? Something from Cyprus, as I may divine. It is a business of some heat. The galleys have sent a dozen secret messengers this very night at one another's heels, and many of the consuls raised and met are at the Duke's already. You have been hotly called for. When being not at your lodging to be found, the Senate hath sent about three several guests to search you out. Tis well I am found by you. I will but spend a word here in the house and go with you. Exit. Ancient, what makes you here? Faith, he tonight hath boarded a land Carrick. If it prove lawful prize, he's made forever. I do not understand. He's married. To who? Re-enter. Come, Captain, will you go? Have with you. Here comes another troop to seek for you. It is Brabantio. General, be advised. He comes to a bad intent. Enter Brabantio, Rodrigo, and officers with torches and weapons. Hola, stand there. Senor, it is the more. Sit down with him, thief. You, Rodrigo. Come, sir, I am for you. Keep up, your, keep up your bright swords, for the dew will rust them. Good senor, you shall more command with years than with your weapons. Oh, thou foul thief, where hast thou stowed my daughter? Damned as thou art, thou hast enchanted her. For I will refer me to all things of since, if she in chains of magic were not bound, whether a maid so tender, fair, and happy, so opposite to marriage that she shunned the wealthy curled darlings of our nation, would ever have to incur a general mock, run from her guardage to the sooty bosom of such a thing as thou, to fear, not to delight. Judge me, the world, if tis not gross in sense, that thou hast practiced on her with foul charms, abused her delicate youth with drugs or minerals that weaken motion. I'll have it disputed on. Tis probable and palpable to thinking. I therefore apprehend and do attach thee for an abuser of the world, a practiser of arts inhibited and out of warrant. Lay hold upon him. If he do resist, subdue him at his peril. Hold your hands, both you of my inclining and the rest. 
Weren't my cue to fight? I should have known it without a prompter. Where will you that I go to answer this your charge? To prison, till fit time of law and course of direct session call thee to answer. What if I do obey? How may the Duke be therewith satisfied? Whose messengers are here about my side upon some present business of the state to bring me to him? It is true, most worthy signor. The Duke's in council, and your noble self, I implore, is sent for. How? The Duke in council? In this time of night? Bring him away. Mine's not an idle cause. The Duke himself, or any of my brothers of the state, cannot but feel this wrong is to their own. For if such actions may have passage free, bond slaves and pagans shall our statesmen be. Exempt. Scene three, a council chamber. The Duke and senators sitting at a table, officers attending. There's no composition in this news that gives them credit. Indeed, they are disproportioned. My letters say 107 galleys. And mine, 140. And mine, 200. But though they jump not on just account, as in these cases where the aim reports, tis oft with difference. Yet they do all confirm a Turkish fleet and bearing up to Cyprus. Nay, it is possible enough to judgment. I do not so secure me in the error, but the main article I do approve in fearful sense. What ho! What ho! What ho! A messenger from the galleys. Enter a sailor. Now, what's the business? The Turkish preparation makes for roads. So as I bid here report here to the state by Signor Angelo. How say you by this change? This cannot be. By no assay of reason, tis a pageant to keep us in false gaze. When we consider the importance of Cyprus to the Turk, and, and let ourselves but again, but understand that as, is, as it more concerns the Turk than Rhodes, so may he with more facile question bear it. For that it stands not in such warlike race, but altogether lacks the abilities that Rhodes is dressed in. If we make thought of this, we must not think the Turk so unskillful to leave that latest which concerns him first, neglecting an attempted ease and gain to wake and wage a danger profitless. Nay, in all confidence, he's not for Rhodes. Here is more news. And your messenger. The Ottomites, reverend and gracious, steering with due course towards the Isle of Rhodes, have there enjointed them with an afterfleet. Aye, so I thought, how many, as you guess? Of thirty sail. And now they do restem their backward course, bearing with frank appearance their purposes towards Cyprus. Signor Montano, your trusty and most valiant servitor, with his free duty, recommends you thus, and prays you to believe him. Tis certain then for Cyprus. Mark, Marcus Lucicus, is not he in town? He's now in Florence. Write from us to him. Post, post haste, dispatch. Uh, here comes Brabantio and the valiant Moor. Enter Brabantio, Othello, Iago, Rodrigo, and officers. Valiant Othello, we must straight employ you against the general, ar general enemy, Ottoman. I did not see you. Welcome, gentle signor. We lacked your counsel and your help tonight. So did I yours. Could your grace pardon me? 
neither my place nor aught I heard of business hath raised me from my bed, nor doth the general care take hold on me, for my particular grief is of so floodgate and o'erbearing nature that it ingluts and swallows other sorrows, and it is still itself. Why, what's the matter? My daughter. Oh, my daughter. Dead? Aye, to me. She is abused, stolen from me, and corrupted by spells and medicines bought of mountebanks for nature, so preposterously to err, being not deficient, blind, or lame of sense, sans witchcraft could not. Where he be that in this foul proceeding have thus beguiled your daughter of herself and you of her, the bloody book of law you shall yourself read in the bitter letter after your own sense, yea, though on our proper son stood in your action. Humbly, I thank your grace. Here is the man, this moor, whom now it seems your special mandate for the state affairs hath hither brought. We are very sorry for it. What, in your own part, can you say to this? Nothing, but this is so. Most potent, grave, and reverend seniors, my very noble and approved good masters, that I have ta'en away this old man's daughter, it is most true. True, I have married her. The very head in front of my offending hath this extent no more. Rude am I in my speech, and little blessed with the soft phrase of peace, for since these arms of mine had seven years' pith, till now some nine moons wasted, they have used their dearest action in the tented field, and little of this great world can I speak more than pertains of to feats of broils and battle, and therefore little shall I grace my cause in speaking for myself. Yet by your gracious patience, I will a round, unvarnished tale deliver of my whole course of love, what drugs, what charms, what conjurations, and what mighty magic for such proceeding I am charged withal, I won his daughter. A maiden never bold, of spirit so still and quiet that her motion blushed at herself, and she, in spite of nature, of years, of country, credit, Everything to fall in love with what she feared to look on. It is a judgment maimed and most imperfect that will confess perfection so could err against all rules of nature and must be driven to find out practices of cunning hell why this should be. I therefore vouch again that with some mixtures powerful o'er the blood or with some dram conjured to this effect, he wrought upon her. To vouch this is no proof without more wider and more overt test than these thin habits and poor likelihoods of modern seeming do prefer against him. But, Othello, speak. Did you by indirect and forced courses subdue and poison this young maid's affections? Or came it by request and such fair question as soul to soul affordeth? I do beseech you. Send for the lady to the Sagittary, and let her speak of me before her father. If you do find me foul in her report, the trust, the office I do hold of you, will not only take away, but let your sentence even fall upon my life. 
fetch Desdemona hither. Ancient, conduct them. You best know the place. Except you have no in attendance. And till she come, as truly as to heaven, I do confess the vices of my blood so justly to your grave ears I'll present how I did thrive in this fair lady's love and she in mine. Say it, Othello. Her father loved me, oft invited me, still questioned me the story of my life from year to year, the battles, sieges, fortunes that I have passed. I ran it through, even from my boyish days to the very moment that he bade me tell it, wherein I spoke of most disastrous chances, of moving accidents by flood and field, of hairbreadth scapes and the imminent deadly breach, of being taken by the insolent foe and sold to slavery, of my redemption fence and portents in my travel's history wherein of anters vast, of deserts idle, rough quarries, rocks, and hills whose heads touch heaven. It was my hint to speak. Such was the process. And of the cannibals that each other eat, the anthropophagy and men whose heads do grow beneath their shoulders. This to hear, when Desdemona seriously incline, but still the house affairs would draw her fence, whichever as she could with haste dispatch, she'd come again, and with greedy ear devour up my discourse, which, I observing, took once at a pliant hour, and found good means to draw from her a prayer of earnest heart that I would all my pilgrimage dilate, whereof by parcels she had something heard, but not intentively. I did consent and often did beguile her of her tears when I did speak of some distressful stroke that my youth suffered. My story being done, she gave me for my pains a world of sighs. She swore in faith, twas strange, twas passing strange, twas pitiful, twas wondrous pitiful. She wished, she wished that she had not heard it, and yet she wished that heaven had made her such a man. She thanked me and bade me if I had a friend that loved her, I should but teach him how to tell my story, and that would woo her. <laughs> Upon this hint I spake. She loved me for the dangers I had passed, and I loved her that she did pity them. This only is the witchcraft I have used. Here comes the lady. Let her witness it. Enter Desdemona, Iago, and attendants. Think this tale would win my daughter, too. Good Brabantio, take up this mangled matter at the best. Men do their broken weapons rather use than their bare hands. I pray you, hear her speak. If she confess that she was half the wooer, destruction on my head if my bad blame light on the man. Come hither, gentle mistress. Do you perceive in all this noble company where most you owe obedience? My noble father, I do perceive here a divided duty. To you I am bound for life and education. My life and education both do learn me how to respect you. You are the lord of duty, I am hitherto your daughter. But here's my husband, and so much duty as my mother showed to you, 
preferring you before her father, so much I challenge that I may profess due to the moor, my lord. God be with you. I have done. Please, at your grace, on to the affairs of state. I had rather adopt a child than get it. Come hither, Moore. I here do give you that with all my heart, which but thou hast already. With all my heart I would keep from thee. For your sake, Jewel, I am glad at soul I have no other child. For thy escape would teach me tyranny to hang clogs on them. I have done, my lord. Let me speak like yourself and lay a sentence which, as a grise or step, may help these lovers into your favor. When remedies are past, the griefs are ended by seeing the worst which late on hopes depended. To mourn a mischief that is past and gone is the, is the next way to draw a new mischief on. What cannot be preserved when fortune takes, patience her injury a mockery makes. The robbed that smiles steals something from the thief. He robs himself that spends a bootless grief. So let the Turk of Cyprus us beguile. We lose it not so long as we can smile. He bears the sentence well that nothing bears, but the free comfort which from thence he hears. But he bears both the sentence and the sorrow that to pay grief must of poor patience borrow. These sentences, to sugar or to gall, being strong on both sides, are equivocal. But words are words. I never yet did hear that the bruised heart was pierced through the ear. I humbly beseech you, proceed to the affairs of state. The Turk with the most mighty preparation makes for Cyprus. Othello, the fortitude of the place is best known to you, and though we have there a substitute of most allowed sufficiency, yet opinion, a sovereign mistress of effects, throws a more safer voice on you. You must therefore be content to slubber the gloss of your new fortunes with this more stubborn and boisterous expedition. The tyrant custom. Most grave senators hath made the flinty and steel couch of war my thrice-driven bed of down. I do agonize a natural and prompt alacrity I find in hardness, and do undertake these present wars against the Ottomites. Most humbly, therefore, bending to your state, I crave fit disposition for my wife. Do reference of place and exhibition with such accommodation and besort as levels with her breeding. Why, at her father's? I'll not have it so. Nor I. Nor I. I would not there reside to put my father in impatient thoughts by being in his eye. Most gracious Duke, to my unfolding lend your prosperous ear, and let me find a charter in your voice to assist my simpleness. What would you, Desdemona? 
But I did love the more to live with him. My downright violence and storm of fortunes may trumpet to the world. My heart subdued even to the very quality of my lord. I saw Othello's visage in his mind, and to his honor and his valiant parts did I my soul and fortunes consecrate. So that, dear lords, if I be left behind, a moth of peace, and he go to the war, the rights for which I love him are bereft me, and I a heavy interim shall support by his dear absence. Let me go with him. Let her have your voices. Vouch with me heaven, I therefore beg it not to please the palate of my appetite, nor to comply with heat the young effects in, in me defunct, and proper satisfaction, but to be free and bounteous to her mind, and heaven defend your and heaven defend your good souls that think you that the, and heaven defend your good souls that you think I will your serious and great business scant, for she is with me. No, when light-winged toys of feathered cupid seals with wanton dumbness my speculative and offist instruments, that my disports corrupt and taint my business, let housewives make a skillet of my helm, and all indign and base adversaries, and make head against my estimation. Be it as you shall privately determine, either for her stay or going. The affair cries haste, and speed must answer it. You must away tonight. With all my heart. At nine in the morning, here we'll meet again. Othello, leave some officer behind, and he shall our commission bring to you, and such things else of quality and respect as doth import you. So please, your grace, my ancient, a man he is of honest a man he is of honest and trust of honesty and trust to his conveyance i sign my wife with what else needful your grace good grace shall think to be sent after me let it be so good night to everyone and noble signor if virtue no delighted beauty lack your son-in-law is far more fair than black but dear, brave Moor, use Desdemona well. Look to her, Moor, if thou hast eyes to see. She has deceived her father, and may thee. Exit Duke of Venice, Senators, Officers, and Company. My life upon her faith. Honest Iago, my Desdemona must I leave to thee. I prithee, let thy wife attend on her, and bring them after in the best advantage. Come, Desdemona, I have but an hour of love, of worldly matters, and direction to spend with thee. We must obey the time. Exent Othello and Desdemona. Iago! What sayest thou, noble heart? What will I do, thinkest thou? Aye. Go to bed. And sleep. I will incontinently drown myself. If thou dost, I shall never love thee after. Why? Oh, the silly gentleman. It is silliness to live when to live is torment, and then we have a prescription to die when death is our physician. Oh, villainous. I have looked upon the world for four times seven years, 
And since I could distinguish betwixt a benefit and an injury, I never found a man who knew how to love himself. Ere I would say, I would drown myself for the love of a guinea hen. I would change my humanity with a baboon. What should I do? I confess it is my shame to be so fond, but it is not my virtue to amend it. Virtue? Ah, <laughs> uh, a fig. Tis in ourselves that we are thus or thus. Our bodies are our gardens, to the which our wills are gardeners, so that if we will plant nettles, or sow lettuce, set hyssop and weed up thyme, supply it with one gender of herbs, or distract it with many, either to have it sterile with idleness or manured with industry. Why, the power and corrigible authority of our lives that lies in this, our wills. If the balance of our lives had not one scale of reason to poise another of sensuality, the blood and baseness of our natures would conduct us to the most preposterous conclusions. But we have reason to cool our raging emotions, our carnal stings, our unbitted lusts. Whereof, I take this that, that you call love to be sect or sign. It cannot be. It is merely a lust of the blood and a permission of the Iago, you're on mute. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Where did you lose me? Uh, who remembers exactly what last line she said? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just start that speech again. Um, it is merely a lust of the blood and a permission of the will. Come, be a man. Drown thyself. Drown cats and blind puppies. I have professed to be thy friend. and. I confess me knit to thy deserving with cables of perturbal toughness. I could never better stead thee than now. Put money in thy purse. Follow thou the wars. Defeat thy favor with an unsurped beard. I say, put money in thy purse. It cannot be that Desdemona should long continue her love for the more. Put money in thy purse nor he his to her. It was a violent commencement, and thou shalt see an answerable sequestion. Put but money in thy purse. These moors are changeable in their wills. Fill thy purse with money. The food that to him now is as luscious as locusts shall be to him shortly as bitter as colinquintida. She must change for youth when he is sated with her body. Oh my God, where was myself? She will find the error of her choice. She must have change. She must, therefore, put money in thy purse. If thou wilt needs damn thyself, do it a more delicate way than drowning. Make all the money thou canst. If sanctimony and frail vow betwixt an erring barbarian and a super subtle Venetian, not too hard for my wits, and all the tribe of hell, thou shalt enjoy her. Therefore, make money. A pox of drowning thyself? It is clean out of the way. 
Seek thou rather to be hanged, encompassing thy joy, than to be drowned and go without her. Wilt thou be fast to my hopes if I depend on the issue? Thou art sure of me. Go, make money. I have told thee often, and I retell thee again and again. Ah, I hate the more. My cause is hearted. Thine path no less reasoned. Let us be conjunctive in our revenge against him. If thou canst cuckold him, thou dost thyself a pleasure, me a sport. There are many events in the womb of time which will be delivered. Traverse! Go, provide thy money. We, we will have more of this to do tomorrow. Go, adieu, tomorrow. Uh, where shall we meet in the morning? At my lodging. I'll be with thee betimes. Go to, farewell. Do you hear, Rodrigo? What say you? No more of drowning. Do you hear? I am changed. I'll go sell all my land. <laughs> Thus do I ever make my fool my purse. For mine own knowledge, for mine own gained knowledge should profane. If I would time expend with such a snipe. But for my sport and profit, I hate the more. And it is thought abroad that twixt my sheets he has done my office. I know not if to be true, but I, for mere suspicion in that kind, will do as if for surety. He holds me well, the better shall my purpose work on him. Cassio's a proper man. Let me see now. To get his place and to plume up my will in double knavery. How? Let's see, after some time, to abuse a fellow's ear that he is too familiar with his wife. He hath a person and a smooth disposed to be suspected, framed to make women false. The more is of a free and open nature that thinks men honest that but seem to be so and will as tenderly be led by the nose as asses are. I have it. Tis engendered. Hell and night must bring this monstrous birth to the world's light. Exit. Act 2, Scene 1, a seaport in Cyprus, an open place near the quay. Enter Montano and two gentlemen. What from the Cape can you discern at sea? Nothing at all. It's a high rock flood. I cannot. Twixt the heaven and the main, descry a sail. Methinks the wind hath spoke aloud at land. A fuller blast ne'er shook our battlements. If it hath ruffians so upon the sea, what ribs of oak when mountains melt on them can hold the mortise? What shall we hear of this? A segregation of the Turkish fleet. For do but stand upon the foaming shore, the chidden billow seems to pelt the clouds. The wind-shaked surge with high and monstrous mane seems to cast water on the burning bear and quench the guards of the ever-fixed pole. I never did like molestation view on the chafed flood. If that the Turkish fleet be not in sheltered and embayed, they are drowned. It is impossible they bear it out. Enter a third gentleman. News, lads. Our wars are done. A desperate tempest hath so banged the Turks that their discernment halts. Noble ship of Venice has seen a grievous wreck and sufferance on most part of their fleet. How? Is this true? 
Bishop is here put in. Uh, Baronessa, Michael Cassio, Lieutenant to the warlike Morathellos, has come on shore. The Moor himself is at sea and is in full commission here for the Cyprus. I am glad on it. Tis a worthy governor. But tis the same Cassio. This same Cassio, though, he speak of comfort and touching the Turkish loss, yet he looks sadly and prays the Moor be safe. They were parted with foul and violent tempest. Pray heavens he be, for I have served him, and the man commands like a full soldier. Let's to the seaside, ho, as well to see the vessel that's come in as to throw out our eyes for brave Othello, even till we make the main and the aerial blue an indistinct regard. Come, let's do so. For every minute is expectancy of more arrivals. Dr. Cassio. Thanks, you the valiant of this warlike isle that so approve the more. Oh, let the heavens give him defense against the elements, for I have lost him on a dangerous sea. Is he well shipped? His bark is stoutly timbered, his pilot a very expert and approved allowance. Therefore, my hopes, not surfeited to death, stand in bold cure. A sail, a sail, a sail, enter a fourth gentleman. What noise? The town is empty on the brow of the sea. Stand ranks of people, and they cry a sail. My hopes to shape him for the governor. Guns heard. They do discharge their shot of courtesy, our friends at least. I pray you, sir, go forth and give us truth who tis that is arrived. I shall. Exit. But, good lieutenant, is your general wived? Most fortunately, he hath achieved a maid the paragon's description in wild fame. One that excels the quirks of blazoning pens, and in the essential vesture of creation does tire the engineer. How now, who has put in? Tis one Iago, ancient to the general. Has had most favorable and happy speed. Tempests themselves, high seas and howling winds, the guttered rocks and congregated sands, traitors and steep to clog the guiltless keel, as having sense of beauty do omit their mortal natures, letting go safely by the divine Desdemona. What is she? She that I spake of, our great captain's captain, left in the conduct of the bold Iago, whose footing here anticipates our thoughts, a seven-night speed. Great Jove, Othello, guard, and swell his sail with thine own powerful breath, that he may bless this bay with his tall ship, make love's quick pants in Desdemona's arms, give renewed fire to our extincted spirits, and bring all Cyprus comfort. Enter Desdemona, Emilia, Iago, Rodrigo, and attendants. Oh, behold, the riches of the ship has come on shore. Ye men of Cyprus, let her have your knees. Hail to thee, lady, and the grace of heaven, before, behind thee, and on every hand and wheel they round. Thank you, valiant Cassio. What tidings can you tell me of my lord? He has not yet arrived, nor know I aught, but that he's well and will be shortly here. Oh, but I fear. How lost your company? The great contention of the seas and skies parted our fellowship. But hark, a sail. A sail, a sail. Guns are heard. They give their greeting to the citadel. This, likewise, is a friend. See for the news. Exit, gentlemen. Good ancient, you are welcome. Welcome, mistress. Let it not gall your patience, good Iago, that I extend my manners. Tis my breeding that gives me this bold show of courtesy. Kissing her. <laughs> Sir. Would she give you so much of her lips as of her tongue she oft bestows on me? You'd oft have enough. Alas, she has no speech. 
in faith too much. I find it still when I have list to sleep. Mary, before your ladyship, I grant, she puts her tongue a little in her heart and chides with her thinking. You have little cause to say so. Come on, come on. You are pictures out of doors. Bells in your parlors, wildcats in your kitchens, saints in your injuries, devils being offended, players in your housewifery, and housewives in your beds. Ah, fie upon me, slanderer. Nay, it is true, or else I am a Turk. You rise to play and go to bed to work. You shall not write my praise. No, let me not. What wouldst thou write of me, if thou shouldst praise me? <laughs> oh, gentle lady. Oh. Do not put me to it, for I am nothing if not critical. Come on, I say. There's one gone to the harbor? Aye, madam. Not Mary, but I do beguile the thing I am by seeming otherwise. Come! How wouldst thou praise me? I am about it. But indeed, my invention comes from my pate as birdline does from freeze. It plucks out brains and all use labors, and thus she is delivered. If she be fair and wise, fairness and wit, the one's for use, the other useth it. Well praised. How if she be black and witty? If she be black, and therefore too have a wit, she'll find a white that shall her blackness fit. Worse and worse. How if fair and foolish? She never yet was foolish that was fair, for even her folly helped her make an heir. <laughs> These are old fond paradoxes to make fools laugh in the alehouse. What miserable praise hast thou for her that's foul and foolish? There's none so foul and foolish thereunto, but does foul pranks which fair and wise ones do. Oh, hefty ignorance! Thou praisest the worst best. But what praise couldst thou bestow on a deserving woman indeed, one that, in the authority of her merit, did justly put on the vouch of, of very malice itself? She that was ever fair was never proud. Had tongue at will, and yet was never loud. Never lacked gold, and never, and yet went never gay. Fled from her wish, and said, now I may. That she being angered, her revenge being nigh, bade her wrong stay, and her displeasure fly. She that in wisdom never was so frail, to change the cod's head for the salmon's tail. She that could think, and ne'er disclosed her mind, see suitors following, and not look behind. She was a white, and if ever such a white were, to, do what? to suckle fools and chronicle small beer. Oh, most lame and impotent conclusion. Do not learn of him, Amelia, though he be thy husband. How say you, Cassio? Is he not a most profane and liberal counsellor? He speaks home, madam. You may relish him more in the soldier than in the scholar. He takes her by the palm. Aye, well said, whisper. With as little a web as this, I will ensnare as great a fly as Cassio. Aye, 
Oh, smile upon her. Do, I will give thee in thine own courtship. You say true? Tis so, indeed. If such tricks as these strip you out of your lieutenantry, it had been better you had not kissed your three fingers so oft, which now again you are most apt to play the sir in. Very good. Well kissed. An excellent courtesy. Tis so, indeed. Yet again, your fingers to your lips. Would they wear cluster pipes for your sake? God. Bum-ba-da-bum. The more I know his trumpet. It's truly so. Let's meet him and receive him. Lo, where he comes. Enter Othello and attendants. Oh, my fair warrior. My dear Othello. It gives me wonder great as my content to see thee here before me. Oh, my soul's joy. If after every tempest comes such calms, may the winds blow till they have wakened death. And let the laboring bark climb hills of seas, Olympus high, and dug again as low as hells from heaven. If it were now to die, it were now to be most happy. For I fear my soul hath her content so absolute that not another comfort like to this succeeds in unknown fate. The heavens forbid that that our loves and comforts should increase, even as our days do grow. Amen to that, sweet powers. I cannot speak enough of this content. It stops me here. It is too much of joy, and this, and this, the greatest discord be. Kissing her. That error, that error, heart shall make. Oh, you are well-tuned now. But I'll set down the pegs that make this music as honest as I am. Come, let us to the castle. News, friends, our wars are done. The Turks are drowned. How does my old acquaintance of this isle? Honey, you shall be well-desired in Cyprus. I have found great love amongst them. Oh, my sweet, I prattle out of fashion, and I dote in mine own comforts. I prithee, good Iago, go to the mm. bay and disembark my coffers. Bring thou the master to the citadel. He's a good one, and his worthiness does, the, and his worthiness does, challenge, does challenge much respect. Come, Desdemona, once more. Well met at Cyprus. Exempt Othello, Desdemona, and attendants. Do thou meet me presently at the harbor. Come hither. If thou beest valiant, as they say, base men being in love have then a nobility in their natures more than is native to them. List me. The lieutenant tonight watches on the court of the guard. First, I must tell thee this. Desdemona is directly in love with him. With him? Why, tis not possible. Lay thy finger thus, and let thy soul be instructed. Mark me with what violence she first loved the more. But for bragging, and telling her fantastical lies, and will she love him still for prating? Let not thy discreet, discreet heart think it. Her eye must be fed, and what delight shall she have to look on the day?
just going to wait a second while Iago comes back. <laughs> you, say, you said something about the, the light to look on was your last okay. one I heard. <laughs> uh, perfect. I'm so sorry. <laughs> the curse is the leading role. It happens every time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then I, then I feel okay. Um, when the blood is made dull with the act of sport, there should be again to inflame it and to give satiety a fresh appetite loveliness and favor sympathy and years manners and beauties all which the more is defective in now for want of these required conveniences her delicate tenderness will find itself abused begin to heave the gorge disrelish and abhor the more very nature will instruct her to it and compel her to some second choice now, sir, this granted, as his most pregnant and unforced position, who stands so eminent in the degree of this fortune as Cassio does? A knave, very voluble, no further conscionable than putting in on the mere form of civil and humane seeming. For the better compassing of his salt and most hidden loose affection, why none, why none? A slipper and subtle knave, a finder of occasions that has an eye can stamp and counterfeit advantages, though true advantage never present itself. A devilish knave. Besides, the knave is handsome, young, and hath all these requisites in him that folly and green minds look after a pestilent, complete knave, and the woman hath found him already. I cannot believe that in her. She's full of most blessed... Uh. Blessed figs and the wine she drinks is made of grapes. If she had been blessed, she would never have loved the more. Blessed pudding, did thou not see her paddle with the palm of his hand? Did thou not mark that? Yes, that I did, but that was but courtesy. Lechery by this hand. An index and obscure prologue to the history of lust and foul thoughts. They met so near with their lips uh, that their breaths embraced together. Villainous thoughts, Rodrigo. When these mutualities so marshal the way, hard at hand comes the master and main exercise. The incorporate conclusion. <sighs> Pish, sir, but, but, but to be ruled by me. I have brought you from Venice. Watch you tonight for the command. I'll lay upon it, lay it upon you. Cassio knows you not. I'll not be far from you. Do you find some occasion to anger Cassio? Either by speaking too loud or, or, or tainting his displeasure or, or from what course you please, which the time shall more favorably minister? Well, sir, he's rash uh, and very sudden in choler. Haply, he may strike at you, Provoke him, that he may, for even out of that will I cause of these of Cyprus to mutiny, whose qualifications shall come into no true taste again, but by the displanting of Cassio. So shall you have a shorter journey to your desires by the means I shall then have to prefer them, and the impediment most profitably removed, without the which there would no expectation of our prosperity. I will do this if I can bring it to any opportunity. 
I warrant thee, meet me by and by the citadel, and I must fetch his necessities ashore. Farewell. Adieu. Exit. That Cassio loves her, I do well believe it. That she loves him, tis apt and of great credit. The more, howbeit that I endure him not, is of a constant, loving, noble nature. And I dare think he'll prove to Desdemona a most dear husband. Ha! Now I do love her too. Not out of absolute lust, though peradventure I stand accountant for as great a sin, but partly led to die at my revenge, for that I, I do suspect the lusty moor hath leapt into my seat. The thought whereof doth, like a poisonous mineral, gnaw at my inwards, and nothing can or shall content my soul till I am evened with him. Wife for wife. Or failing so, Yet that I put the more at last into a jealousy so strong that judgment cannot cure. Which thing to do? If this poor trash of Venice, whom I trash for his quick hunting, stand the pudding on, I'll have our Michael Cassio on the hip, abuse him to the more in the rank garb. Ah, for I fear Cassio with my nightcap too. Make the more thank me. Love me, reward me for making him egregiously an ass and practicing upon his peace and quiet even to madness. Tis, tis here, ah, yet confused. Knavery's plain face is never seen to used. Exit. Scene two, a street. Enter a herald with a proclamation, people following. It is a fellow's pleasure, our noble and valiant general, that upon certain tidings now arrived, importing the mere perdition of the Turkish fleet, every man put himself into triumph, some to dance, some to make bonfires, each man to what sport and revels his addiction leads him. For, besides these beneficial news, it is the celebration of his nuptial. So much was his pleasure should be proclaimed. All offices are open, and there is full liberty of feasting from this present hour of five till the bell hath tolled eleven. Heaven bless the Isle of Cyprus and our noble general Othello. Exit. Scene three, a hall in the castle. Enter Othello, Desdemona, Cassio, and attendants. Good Michael, look you to the guard tonight. Let's teach ourselves that honorable stop, not to outsport discretion. Iago hath direction what to do, but notwithstanding with my personal eye will I look to it. Iago is most honest. Michael, good night. Tomorrow with your earliest, let me have speech with you. Come, my dear love. The purchase made, the fruits are to ensue. That profit's yet to come between me and you. Good night. Exit Othello, Desdemona, and attendants. Enter Iago. Welcome, Iago. We must to the watch. Not this hour, Lieutenant. Tis not yet ten of the clock. A general cast us thus early for the love of his Desdemona. Let us not therefore blame. He hath not yet made wanton the night with her. And she is a sport for Jove. She's a most exquisite lady. And... I'll warrant her fun of game. Indeed, she's a most fresh and delicate creature. <laughs> what an eye she has. 
Methinks it sounds a parley of provocation. An inviting eye, and yet, methinks, right modest. And when she speaks, is it not an alarm of love? She is indeed perfection. Well, <laughs> happiness to their sheets. Come, <laughs> Lieutenant, let's have a stoop of wine. And here, without a brace of cypress gallants that would feign to have a measure to the health of Blackfellow. Not tonight, Gudiago. I have very poor and unhappy brains for drinking. I could well wish courtesy would invent some other custom of entertainment. Oh, but they are our friends. <laughs> but one cup. I'll drink for you. I have drunk but one cup tonight, and that was craftily qualified too. And behold, what innovation it makes here. I am unfortunate in the infirmity and dare not task my weakness with any more. What, man? It's a night of revels. The gallants desire it. Where are they? Here, at the door. I pray you, call them in. I'll do it, but it dislikes me. Exit. If I can fasten but one cup upon him, with that which he hath drunk already tonight, he'll be as full of quarrel and offense as my young mistress's dog. Now, my sick fool Rodrigo, whom love hath turned almost wrong side out, to Desdemona hath tonight caroused, potations potal deep, and he's to watch. Three lads of Cyprus, noble swelling spirits, that hold their honors in a wary distance. The very elements of this warlike isle have I tonight flustered with flowing cups. And they watch, too. Now, amongst this flock of drunkards, am I to put our Cassio in some action that may offend the isle, but here they come. If my consequence do but approve my dream, my boat sails freely, both with wind and stream. We enter Cassio, with him Montano and gentlemen, servants following with wine. For God, they have given me a rouse already. Uh, good faith, a little one, not passed to pint, as I am a soldier. Some wine! Ho! And let me not, can I, can I, clink, clink? Let me not the man, can I, clink, clink? A soldier's man, a life's but a span. Well then, let a soldier drink! Some wine, boys! For God, an excellent song! I learned it in England! Where, indeed, they are most potent in podling. Your Dane, your German, and your swag-bellied Hollander drink, oh, are nothing to your English. <laughs> Is your Englishman so expert in his drinking? Why, he drinks you with facility. Your Dane, dead drunk. He sweats not to overthrow your Almain. He gives your Hollander a vomit ere the next potal can be filled. To the health of our general. I am for it, Lieutenant, and I'll do you justice. Oh, sweet England! King Stephen was a worthy peer. His breeches cost him but a crown, and he held them sixpence all too dear. With that he called the tailor loan. He was a white of, how re of high renown. And thou art but a low degree, tis pride that pulls the country down. Then take thine old clock about thee. Some wine! Ho! Why, this is a more exquisite song than the other. Will you hear it again? No, for I hold him to be unworthy of the, his place that does those things. Well, God's above all, and every souls must be saved, and every souls must not be saved.
It's true. Good lieutenant. For my own part, no offense to the general nor any man of quality, I hope to be saved. (laughs) And so do I. Good lieutenant. Aye, but by your leave. Not before me. (laughs) The lieutenant is to be saved before the ancient. (laughs) Let's have no more of this. Let's do our affairs. Ah, forgive us our sins. Gentlemen, let's look to our business. Do not think, gentlemen, I'm drunk. This... (laughs) My ancient, this is my right hand, this is my left. I'm not drunk now. I can stand well enough and speak well enough. Excellent well. Well, very well then. You must not think then that I am drunk. Excellent. Uh, to the platform, masters. Come, let's set the watch. You see this fellow that has gone before? He is a soldier fit to stand by Caesar and give direction, and do but see his vice. Tis to his virtue just an equinox, the one as long as the other. Tis pity of him. I fear the trust Othello puts in him. On some odd time of his infirmity, we'll shake this island. But is he often thus? Tis evermore the prologue to his sleep. He'll watch the horologe double set, if drink rock not his cradle. It were well the general were put in mind of it. Perhaps he sees it not, or his good nature prizes the virtue that appears in Cassio and looks not on his evils. Is not this true? Enter Rodrigo. How now, Rodrigo, I pray you, after the lieutenant, go! Exit, Rodrigo. And tis great pity that the noble Moor should hazard such a place as his own second with one of an ingraft infirmity. It were an honest action to say so to the moor. Not I, for this fair island. I do love Cassio well, and would do much to cure him of this evil. But, Puck, what noise? Cry within, help, help! Re-enter Cassio, driving in Rodrigo. You rogue, you rascal! What's the matter, Lieutenant? Knave, teach me my duty. I'll beat the knave into a twig and bottle. Beat me? Dost thou pray, rogue? Striking Rodrigo. Nay, good lieutenant. Staying him. I pray you, sir, hold your hand. Let me go, sir, or I'll knock you or the mazard. Come, come, you're drunk. Drunk? They fight. Away, I say. Go out. Go out and cry mutiny. Exit Rodrigo. Nay, good lieutenant, alas, gentlemen, help, lieutenant, sir, Montana, sir, help, masters, there's a goodly watch indeed. Bell rings. Who's that which rings the bell? Diablo, ho, the town will rise, God's will, lieutenant, hold, you will be shamed forever. Re-enter Othello and attendants. What's the matter here? Zounds, I bleed still, I am hurt to the death. Hold for your lives. Hold, hold, Lieutenant Sir Montiano, gentlemen, have you forgot all sense of place and duty? Hold! The general speaks to you. Hold, hold for shame. Why, how now, ho? From whence arises this? Are we turned Turks, and to ourselves do that which heaven hath forbid the Ottomites? For Christian shame put up this barbarous brawl. He that stirs next to carve for his own rage holds his soul light. He dies upon his motion. 
Silence that dreadful bell. It frights the isle from her propriety. What's the matter, masters? Honest Iago, that looks dead with grieving, speak. Who began this? On thy love I charge thee. I do not know. Friends all, but now, even now, in, in quarter, and in terms like bride and groom, divesting them for bed, and then, but now, as if some planet had outwitted men, swords out, tilting at one another's breast, in opposition bloody, I, I cannot speak any beginning to this peevish odds, and would, in action glorious, I had lost those legs that brought me to a part of it. How comes it, Michael, you have thus forgot? I pray you pardon me, I, I cannot speak. Worthy Montano, you are wont to be civil. The gravity and stillness of your youth the world hath noted, and your name is great in the mouths of wisest censure. What's the matter that you unlace your reputation thus, and spend your rich opinion for the name of a night brawler? Give me answer to it. The worthy Othello, I am hurt to danger. Your officer, Iago, can inform you, while I spare speech which something now offends me, of all that I do know, nor know I aught by me that said or done amiss this night. Unless self-charity be sometimes a vice, and to defend ourselves it be a sin when violence assails us. Now, by heaven, my blood begins my safer guides to rule, and passion, having my best judgment collied, assays to lead the way. If once I stir, or do but lift this arm, the best of you shall sink in my rebuke. Give me to know how this foul rout began. Who set it on? And he that is approved in this offense, though he had twinned with me both at birth, shall lose me. What? In a town of war, yet wild, the people's hearts brimful of fear to manage private and domestic quarrel in night and on the court and guard of safety? Tis monstrous, Iago, who began it? If partially affined or leagued in office, thou dost deliver more or less than truth, thou art no soldier. Touch me not so near. I had rather this tongue cut from my mouth than it should do offense to Michael Cassio. Yet, I persuade myself to speak the truth, shall nothing wrong him. Thus it is, General. Montano and myself being in speech, there comes a fellow crying out for help, and Cassio following him with determined sword to execute upon him. Sir, this gentleman steps into Cassio, and entreats his pause. Myself the crying fellow did pursue, lest by his clamor, as it so fell out. The town might fall in fright. He, swift of foot, outran my purpose. And I returned the rather, for that I heard the clink and fall of swords, and Cassio high an oath, which till tonight I, I ne'er say might before. Uh, when I came back, for this was brief, I found them close together, at blow and thrust, even as again they were when you yourself did part them. More of this matter I, I cannot report. But men are men, and best sometimes forget. Though Cassio did some little wrong to him, as men in rage strike at those that wish them best, yet surely Cassio, I believe, received from him that fled some strange indignity which patience could not pass. I know, Iago. Thy honesty and love doth midst this matter make yet light. 
to Cassio. Cassio, I love thee, but never more be officer of mine. Look, if my gentle love be not raised up, I'll make an example of thee. Re-enter Desdemona, attended. What's the matter? All's well now, sweeting. Come away to bed. Sir, for your hurts, myself will be your surgeon. Lead him off. To Montano, who is led off. Iago, look with care about the town and silence those whom this vile brawl distracted. Come, Desdemona. Tis a soldier's life to have their balmy slumbers waked with strife. Exempt all but Iago and Cassio. What? Are you hurt, Lieutenant? I passed all surgery. <laughs> Mary, heaven forbid. Reputation. Reputation, reputation. Oh, I have lost my reputation. I have lost the immortal part of myself, and what remains is bestial, my reputation. Iago, my reputation. As I am an honest man, I, th I thought you had received some bodily wound. There was more sense in that than, than in reputation. Reputation is an idle and most false imposition oft got without merit, and lost without deserving. You have lost no reputation at all, unless you repute yourself such a loser. What, man? There are but ways to recover the general again. You are but now cast in his mood. A punishment more in policy than in malice, even so as one would beat his offenseless dog to affright an imperious lion. Sue to him again, and he's yours. I will rather sue to be despised than to deceive so good a commander with so slight, so drunken, and so indiscreet an officer. A drunk can speak, parrot, and squabble, swagger, swear, and discourse fustian with one's own shadow. Although invisible spirit of wine, if thou hast no name to be known by, let us call thee devil. What was he that you followed with your sword? What has he done to you? I know not. <laughs> it's possible. I remember uh, a mass of things, but nothing distinctly, a quarrel, but nothing wherefore. Oh, God, that men should put an enemy in their mouths to steal away their brains, that we should with joy, pleasance, revel in applause, transform ourselves into beasts. Why, but you are now well enough. How came you thus recovered? It hath pleased the devil drunkenness to give place to the devil wrath. One unperfectness shows me another to make me frankly despise myself. Come! Oh, God, you are too severe a molar. As the time, the place, and the condition of this country stands, I could heartily wish that this had not befallen. But since it is as it is, mend it for your own good. I will ask him for my place again. He shall tell me I am a drunkard. Had I as many mouths as Hydra, such an answer would stop them all. To be now a sensible man, by and by a fool, and presently a beast. Oh, strange, every inordinate cup is unblessed, and the ingredient is a devil. Come, come. Good wine is a familiar creature, if it be well used. Exclaim no more against it. And, good lieutenant, I think you think I love you. 
I have well approved it, sir. I drunk. <laughs> you or any man living may be drunk at a time. Man, ah! I'll tell you what you should do. Our general's wife is now the general. May say so in this respect for that he hath devoted and given up himself to the contemplation mark and denotement of her parts and graces. Confess yourself freely to her, importune her help to put you in your place again. She is of so free, so kind, so apt, so blessed a disposition that she holds it a vice in her goodness not to do more than she is requested. This broken joint between you and her husband entreat her to splinter. And my fortunes against any lay worth naming, this crack of your love shall grow stronger than it was before. You advise me well. I protest in the sincerity of love and honest kindness. I think it freely. And betimes in the morning, I will beseech the virtuous Desdemona to undertake for me. I am desperate of my fortunes if they check me here. You are in the right. Good night, Lieutenant. I must to the watch. Good night. Honest, Iago. Exit. And what's he then that says, I play the villain? When this advice is free, I give and honest, probable to thinking, and indeed the course to win the more again. Tis most easy. The inclining Desdemona to subdue in any honest suit, she's framed as fruitful as the free elements. And then for her to win the more. Were to it to renounce his baptism, all seals and symbols of redeemed sin, his soul is so infettered to her love that she may make, unmake, and do what she list. Even as her appetite shall play the god with his weak function. How am I then the villain to counsel Cassio to this parallel course directly to his good? Divinity of hell directly to his good? When devils with the blackest sins put on, they do suggest it first with heavenly shows as I do now. For whilst this honest fool plies Desdemona to repair his fortunes, and she pleads for him strongly to the more, I'll pour this pestilence into his ear that she repeals him for her body's lust. And by how much she strives to do him good, she shall undo her credit with the more. So I will turn her virtue into a pitch and how to out of her own goodness make the net that shall enmesh them all. We enter Rodrigo. How now, Rodrigo? I do follow the I do follow here in the chase, not like a hound that hunts, but one that fills up the cry. My money is almost spent. I have been tonight exceedingly well cudgeled, and I think the issue will be I shall have so much experience for my pains, and so with no money at all and little more wit, return against Venice. How poor are they that have no patience? What wound did ever heal but by degrees? Thou knowest we work by wit and not by witchcraft, and wit depends on dilatory time. Dost not go well! Cassio hath beaten thee, and thou, by that small hurt, hast cashiered Cassio. 
Though other things grow fair against the sun, yet fruits that blossom first will be first to ripe. Content thyself a while. By the mass, tis morning. Pleasure and action make the hours seem short. Retire thee. Go where thou art billeted. Away, I say, and thou shalt know more hereafter. Nay, I say, get thee gone. Exit Rodrigo. Two things are to be done. My wife must move for Cassio to her mistress. I'll set her on, myself the while, to draw the moor apart. And bring him jump when he may Cassio find soliciting his wife. Aye, that's the way. Do not device by coldness and delay. Exit. Act three, scene one, before the castle. Enter Cassio and some musicians. Masters, play here. I will content your pains. Something that's brief and bid good morrow, general. Music. Enter clown. My masters, have your instruments been in Naples? Do they speak in the nose thus? How, sir? How? Are these, I pray you, wind instruments? Aye, Mary, are they, sir? Oh, thereby hangs a tale. Whereby hangs a tale, sir? Mary, sir, by many a wind instrument that I know. But masters, here's money for you, and the general so likes your music that he desires you, for love's sake, to make no more noise with it. Well, sir, we will not. If you have any music that may not be heard, to it again. But as they say to hear music, the general does not greatly care. We have none such, sir. Then put up your pipes in your bag, for all away. Go, vanish into air, away. Excellent musician. Dost thou hear, my honest friend? No, I hear not your honest friend. I hear you. <sighs> Prithee, keep up thy quillets. It's a poor piece of gold for thee. If the gentlewoman that attends the general's wife be stirring, tell her as one Cassio entreats her a little favor of speech. Wilt thou do this? Uh, she is stirring, sir. If she will stir her hither, I shall seem to notify unto her. Do, good my friend. Exit clown. Enter Iago. In happy time, Iago. You have not been abed then? Why, no. The day had broke before we parted. I have made bold, Iago, to send in to your wife. My suit to her is that she will, to virtuous Desdemona, procure me some access. I'll send her to you presently, and I'll devise a mean to draw the more out of the way, that you converse, and business may be more free. I humbly thank you for it. Exit, Iago. I never knew a Florentine more kind and honest. Enter Amelia. Good morrow, good lieutenant. I am sorry for your displeasure, but all will sure be well. The general and his wife are talking of it, and she speaks for you stoutly. The more replies that he you, uh, he you hurt is of great fame in Cyprus, and great affinity, and that in wholesome wisdom he might not but refuse you but he protests he loves you and needs no other suitor but his likings to take the safest occasion by the front to bring you home in again. Yet I beseech you, if you think fit or that it may be done, give me advantage of some brief discourse with Desdemona alone. 
pray you, uh, come in. I will bestow you where you shall have time to speak your bosom freely. I am much bound to you. Excellent. Scene two, a room in the castle. Enter Othello, Iago, and gentlemen. These letters give Iago to the pilot, and by him do my duties to the Senate. That done, I will be walking on the works. Prepare there to me. Well, my good lord, I'll do it. This fortification, gentlemen, shall we see it? Wait upon your lordship. (laughs) (laughs) Scene three, the garden of the castle. Enter Desdemona, Cassio, and Amelia. Be thou assured, good Cassio, I will do all my abilities in thy behalf. Good, madam, do. I warrant it grieves my husband as if this cause were his. Oh, that's an honest fellow. Do not doubt, Cassio, but I will have my lord and you again as friendly as you were. Bounteous madam, whatever shall become of Michael Cassio, he's never anything but your true servant. I know it. I thank you. You do love my lord. You have known him long, and be you well assured, he shall in strangeness stand no further off than in a polite distance. But lady, that policy may either last so long, or feed upon such nice and waterish diet or breed itself so out of circumstance that I, being absent and my place supplied, my general will forget my love and service. Do not doubt that. For Amelia here, I give thee warrant of thy place. Assure thee, if I do vow a friendship, I'll perform it to the last article. My lord shall never rest. I'll watch him tame and talk him out of patience. His bed shall seem a school. His board a shrift. I'll intermingle everything he does with Cassio's suit. Therefore, be merry, Cassio. For thy solicitor shall rather die than give thy cause away. Madam, here comes my lord. Madam, I'll take my leave. Why stay and hear me speak? Madam, not now. I am very ill at ease, unfit for mine own purposes. Well, do your discretion. Exit Cassio, enter Othello and Iago. I like not that. What does that say? Nothing, my lord. Uh, or if, uh, uh, I, I know not what. It was not that Cassio parted from my wife? Cassio, my lord? No. Sure, I cannot think it. That he would steal away so guilty-like, seeing you coming. I do believe t'was he. Oh, how now, my lord? I have been talking with a suitor here, a man that languishes in your displeasure. Who is it you mean? Your lieutenant, Cassio. My lord, if I have any grace or power to move you, his present reconciliation take. For if he be not one that truly loves you, that errs in ignorance and not in cunning, I have no judgment in an honest face. I prithee, call him back. Went he hence now? I sooth. So humbled that he hath left part of his grief with me to suffer with him. Good love, call him back. Not now, sweet Desdemona, some other time. I tell thee shortly. The sooner sweet for you. Shall it be tonight at supper? No, not tonight. Tomorrow dinner, then. I shall not dine at home. I meet the captains at the Citadel. 
Why then tomorrow night, or Tuesday morn, or Tuesday noon, or night, or Wednesday morn? I prithee, name the time, but let it not exceed three days. In faith, he's penitent, and yet his trespass is now a common reason, save that they say the wars must make examples out of their best, is not almost a fault to incur a private check. When shall he come? Tell me, Othello, I wonder in my soul, what you would ask me that I should deny or stand so mammering on. What? Michael Cassio that came a-wooing with you and so many a time when I have spoke of you dispraisingly hath taken your part. To have so much to do to bring him in. Trust me, I could do so much. For thee, no more. Let him come when he will. I will deny thee nothing. Why, this is not a boon. Is as I should entreat you wear your gloves, or feed on nourishing dishes, or keep you warm, or sue to you to do a particular profit to your own. <laughs> when I have a suit wherein I mean to touch your love indeed, it shall be full of poise and difficult weight and fearful to be granted. I will deny thee nothing. Whereon I do beseech, I, whereon I do beseech thee grant me this, to leave me but a little to myself. Shall I deny you? No. Farewell, my Desdemona. I'll come to you straight. Amelia, come. Be as your fancies teach you. Whatever you be, I am obedient. Excellent Desdemona and Amelia. Excellent wretch. Perdition catch my soul, but I do love thee. And when I love thee not, chaos is come again. My noble lord. What dost thou say, Iago? Did Michael Cassio, when you wooed my lady, know of your love? He did from first to last. Why dost thou ask? But for satisfaction of my thought, no further harm. Why of thy thought, Iago? I did not think he had been acquainted with her. Oh, yes, and went between us very oft. Indeed. Indeed, I indeed. <laughs> Discernest thou aught in that? Is he not honest? Honest, my lord. Honest, I honest. My lord, for aught I know. What dost thou think? Think, my lord. Think, my lord. By heavens, he echoes me, as if there was some monster in his thoughts too hideous to be shown. Let us mean something. I heard thee say even now, thou likest not that when Cassio left my wife. What didst not like? And when I told thee he was of my counsel in my whole course of wooing, thou Christ, indeed, and did con contract and purse thy brow together, as if thou hadst in the, as, as if thou had, if, ooh, as if thou then had shut up thy brain some horrible conceit. If thou dost love me, show me thy thought. My lord, you know I love you. I think thou dost. And for I know thou art full of love and honesty, and weighs thy words before thou givest them breath. Therefore these stops of thine fright me the more. For such things in a false disloyal knave are tricks of custom. But in a man that's just, they're close. Denotements working from the heart that passion cannot rule. From Michael Cassio, I dare be sworn, I think that he is honest. I think so too. Men should be what they seem, or those that be not, 
would they might seem none. Certain men should be what they seem. Why, then, I think Cassio's an honest man. Nay, yet there's more in this. Speak to me as to thy thinkings, as thou dost ruminate, give the worst of thoughts the worst of words. Good, my lord, pardon me. Though I am bound to every act of duty, I am not bound to that all slaves are free to. Utter my thoughts. Why? Say they are vile and false, as where's that palace whereinto foul things sometimes intrude not? Who has the breast so pure, but some uncleanly apprehensions keep leets and law days in session sit with mediations lawful? Thou dost conspire against thy friend, Iago, if thou but think'st him wronged and makest his ear a stranger to thy thoughts. I do beseech you, though I perchance am vicious in my guess, as I confess, it is my nature's plague to spy into abuses, and oft my jealousy shapes faults that are not. That your wisdom yet, from one that so imperfectly conceits, would take no notice, no build yourself a trouble out of his scattering and unsure observance. It were not for your quiet, nor your good, nor for my manhood, honesty, or wisdom, to let you know my thoughts. What dost thou mean? Would name in man and woman, dear my lord, is the immediate jewel of their souls. Who steals my purse steals trash. Tis something, nothing. Was mine, tis his, and has been slave to thousands. But he that filches from me my good name robs me of that which not enriches him and makes me poor indeed. By heaven, I'll know thy thoughts. You cannot. If were my heart in your hand, nor shall not, well, tis in my custody. <sighs> oh, beware, my lord. Of jealousy. It is the green-eyed monster which doth mock the meat it feeds on, that cuckold lives in bliss, who, certain of his fate, loves not his wronger, but, uh, what damned minute tells he or who denotes, yet suspects, yet strongly loves. Oh, misery. Poor and content is rich, and rich enough but rich as fineless as is poor as winter to him that ever fears he shall be poor. Good heaven, the souls of all my tribe defend from jealousy. Why? Why is this? Thinkest thou I'd make a life of jealousy? To follow still the changes of the moon with fresh suspicions? No. To be once in doubt is once to be resolved. Exchange me for a Goat, when I shall turn the business of my soul to such exsufflicate and blown surmises matching thy inference. Tis not to make me jealous to say my wife is fair, feeds well, loves company, is free of speech, sings, plays, and dances well. Where virtue is, these are more virtuous. Nor from mine own weak merits will I draw the smallest fear or doubt of her revolt. For she had eyes and chose me. (laughs) No, Iago, I'll see before I doubt. When I doubt, proof. And on the proof, there's no more but this. Away at once with love or jealousy. (sighs) 
I am glad of it. But now I shall have reason to show the love and duty that I bear you with franker spirit. Therefore, as I am bound, receive it from me. I speak not yet of proof. Look to your wife. Observe her well with Cassio. Wear your eye thus, not jealous nor secure. I, I, I would not have your free and noble nature out of self-bounty be abused. Look to it. I know our country disposition well. In Venice, they do not let heaven see the pranks that they dare not show their husbands. Their best conscience is not to leave undone, but keep unknown. Dost thou say so? She did deceive her father marrying you, and when she seemed to shake and fear your looks, she loved them most. And so she did. Why? Go to, then. She that so young could give out such a seeming to seal out her father's eyes up close as oak. Uh, he thought t'was rich witchcraft. But, uh, but I am to blame. I humbly do beseech you of your pardon for too much loving of you. I am bound to thee forever. I see this hath little dashed your spirits. Not a jot, not a jot. If faith, I fear it has. <clears throat> I hope you will consider what is spoke. Comes from my love. But I do see you're moved. <sighs> I am to pray you not to strain my speech to grosser issues, nor to larger reach than to suspicion. I will not. Could you do so, my lord? My speech should fall into such vile success as my thoughts aim not at it. Cassio's my worthy friend. My lord, I see you're moved. No, not much moved. I do not think but Desdemona's honest. Long live she so, long live you to think so. And yet her nature erring from itself. Why? There's the point, to be as bold as you, not to affect many proposed matches of her own clime, complexion, and degree, whereto we see all things nature tends. Oh. One may smell in such will most rank, foul disproportioned thoughts unnatural, but pardon me, I do not speak in a position distinctly speak of her. Though I may fear her will, recoiling to her better judgment, may fall to match you with her country forms, and, and, and happily repent. Farewell, farewell. If more thou dost perceive, let me know more. Set on thy wife to observe. Leave me, Iago. My lord, I take my leave. Why did I marry? This honest creature doubtless sees and knows more, much more than he unfolds. My lord, I would I might entreat your honor to, to scan this thing no further. Leave it to time. Though it be fit that Cassio have his place, for sure, he fills it up with great ability. Yet, if you should please to hold him off a while, you shall by that perceive him and his means. Note. If your lady strain his entertainment with any strong or, or vehement importu importunity, 
much will be seen in that. In the meantime, let me be thought too busy in my fears. As worthy cause have I to fear, I am, and hold her free, I, I do beseech your honor. Fear not my government. I once more take my leave. Exit. This fellow's of exceeding honesty and knows all qualities with a learned spirit of human dealings. If I do prove her haggard, though that her jesses were my dear heartstrings, I'd whistle her off and let her down the wind to pray at fortune. Happily for I am black and have not those soft parts of conversation that chambers have or that I am declined into the veil of years, yet that's not much. She's gone. I am abused. And my relief must be to loathe her. Oh, curse of marriage, that we can call these delicate creatures ours and not their appetites. I had rather be a toad and live upon the vapor of a dungeon than keep in a corner in the thing I love for others' uses. Yet tis a plague of great ones. Prerogative are they less than the base. Tis destiny unshunnable like death. Even when this... For plague is fated to us when we do quicken. Desdemona comes. Re-enter Desdemona and Amelia. If she be false, oh, then heaven mocks itself. I'll not believe it. Now, my dear Othello, your dinner and the generous islanders by you invited do attend your presence. Uh, I, I am to blame. Why do you speak so faintly? Are you not well? Uh, I have a pain upon my forehead here. Faith, that's with watching. Fill away again. Let me but bind it hard. Within this hour it will be well. Your napkin is too little. Puts the handkerchief from him and it drops. Let it alone. Come, I'll go in with you. I'm very sorry that you are not well. Speak soon to Thelo and Desdemona. I am glad I found this napkin. This was her first remembrance to the moor. My wayward husband hath a hundred times wooed me to steal it, but she so loves the token, for he conjured her she should ever keep it, that she reserves it evermore about her to kiss and talk to. I have the work taken out, and give it to Iago. What he will do with it, heaven knows, not I. I nothing but to please his fantasy. We enter Iago. And now, what do you hear alone? Do not chide. I have a thing for you. A thing for me? It is a common thing. Ha. To have a foolish wife. Oh, is that all? What will you give me now for the same handkerchief? What handkerchief? What handkerchief? Why, the moor that the moor first gave to Desdemona, that which you so often did bid me steal. Has Stolen it from her? No, babe. She let it drop by negligence. Oh. To the advantage, I being here, took it up. Look, here it is. Oh, a good wench. Give it me. What will you do with it that you have been so earnest to have me filch it? Why? What's that to you? If it be not for some purpose of import, give it me again. Poor lady, she'll run mad when she shall lack it. Be not a con on it. I have use for it. Go. Leave me. 
Thanks, Amelia. I will, in Cassio's lodging, lose this napkin and let him find it. Trifles light as air are to the jealous confirmation strong as proofs of holy writ. This may do something. The more already changes with my poison, dangerous conceits are, in their natures, poisons, which at the first are scarce and found to distaste, but with a little act upon the blood, burn like the mines of sulfur. I did say so. Look where he comes. Not poppy, no mangador, mangdragora, no all the drowsy syrups of the world shall ever medicine thee to that sweet sleep which thou owest yesterday. <laughs> False to me. What? Oh, not general. No more of that. Avaunt, be gone. Thou hast set me on the rack. I swear it is better to be much abused than to but know it a little. How now, my lord? What sense had I ever stolen hours of lust? I saw it not, I thought it not, it harmed not me. I slept the next night well, was free and merry. I found not Cassio's kisses on her lips. He that is robbed, not wanting to... He that is robbed, not wanting what is stolen, let him not know it, and he is not robbed at all. I am sorry to hear this. I have been happy. If the general camp pioneers and all had tasted her sweet body, had I had nothing known. Oh, now, forever, farewell the tranquil mind, farewell content, farewell the plumed troop and the big wars that make ambition virtue. Oh, farewell, farewell the neighing steed and the shrill trump, the the spirit-stirring drum and the ear-piercing fife, the royal banner and all quality, pride, pomp, and circumstance of glorious war. And oh, you mortal engines, whose rude throats the immortal Jove's dead clamor counterfeit, farewell, Othello's occupation's gone. Is it possible, my lord? Villain, be sure thou prove my love a whore, be sure of it. Give me the ocular proof, or by the worth of man's eternal soul, thou hadst now it's been better, or by, by the worth of man's eternal soul, thou hadst been better have been born a dog than answer my waked wrath. It's come to this. Make me to see it, or at least so prove it, that the probation bear no hinge nor loop to hang a doubt on, or woe upon thy life. My lord! If thou dost slander her and torture me, never pray more. Abandon all remorse. On horror's head, horrors accumulate. Do deeds to make heaven weep, all earth amazed, for nothing canst thou to damnation add greater than that. Oh, grace, oh. Heaven forgive me. Are you a man? Have, have you a, a soul or sense? God be with you. Take mine office. Oh, wretched fool that lives to make thine honesty a vice. Oh, monstrous world, take note. Take note, O oh world. To be direct and honest is not safe. I thank you for this prophet. And from hence I'll love no friends if love breeds such offense. Nay, stay. 
thou shouldst be honest. I should be wise, for honesty's a fool that loses that it works for. By the world, I think my wife be honest, and I think she is not. I think thou art just, and I think thou art not. I'll have some proof. Her name, that was as fresh as thine's visage, is now begrimed and black as my own face. If there be cords or knives, poison or fire or suffocating streams, I'll not endure it. Would I were satisfied. I see, sir. You are eaten up with passion. I do repent me that I put it to you. You would be satisfied? Would. Nay, I will. And may, but how? How satisfied, my lord, would would you, her supervisor, grossly gape on, behold her topped? Death and damnation, oh. It were tedious difficulty, I think, to, to bring them to that prospect, to damn them that if ever the mortal eyes do see them bolster more than their own, what then, how then, what shall I say, where's satisfaction? It is impossible that you should see this. Were they as prime as goats, hot as monkeys, as salt as wolves in pride, and fools as gross as ignorance made drunk. But yet, I say, if imputation and strong circumstances which lead directly to the door of truth would give you satisfaction, you may have it. Give me a living reason she's disloyal. I do not like the office, but, Sith, I am entered in this cause so far, pricked to it by foolish honesty and love, I will go on. I lay with Cassio lately, and, being troubled with a raging tooth, I could not sleep. There are a kind of men so loose of soul that in their sleeps will mutter their affairs. One of this kind is Cassio. In his sleep I heard him say, Sweet Desdemona. Let us be wary. Let us hide our loves. And then, sir, would he gripe and wring my hand and cry, Oh, sweet creature, and then kiss me hard, as if he plucked up kisses by the roots that grew upon my lips, and then laid his leg over my thigh, sighed and kissed, and then cried, Cursed fate that gave thee to the moor. Oh, monstrous, monstrous. Nay, this was but the dream. But this denoted a foregone conclusion. Tis a shrewd doubt, though it be but a dream. And this may help to thicken other proofs that do demonstrate thinly. Hear her all to pieces. Nay, 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 be wise. Yet we see nothing done. She may be honest yet. Tell me but this. Have you not sometimes seen a handkerchief spotted with strawberries in your wife's hand? I gave her such a one. Twas my first gift. I, I know not that, but such a handkerchief. I am sure it was your wife's. Did I today... See Cassio wipe his beard with? If it be that. If it be that, or, or any that that was hers, 
it speaks against her with other proofs. Oh, that the slave had 40,000 lives. One is too poor, too weak for my revenge. Now I do see it is true. Look here, Iago. Oh, my fond love, thus do I blow to heaven. Tis gone. Arise, black vengeance from thy hollow cell. Yield up, O oh love, thy crown and hearted throne to tyrannous hate. Swell bosom with thy fraught, for tis of aspect's tongue. Yes, content. Oh, blood, blood. Oh, I, I, I cut out. Blood. Yes, be content, be content. Oh, blood, 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 blood. Patience, I say, your mind may perhaps may change. <laughs> Never, Iago. No, that... Like to the Patience, Pontic I say, your mind perhaps may change. Never, Iago, like to the Pontic Sea, whose icy current and compulsive course ne'er feels retiring ebb, but keeps due on to the Propontic and to the Hellespont. Even so, my blood, even so, my bloody thoughts with violent pace shall ne'er look back, ne'er ebb to humble love, till that a capable and wide revenge swallow them up. Now, by yond marble heaven, in due reverence of a sacred vow, I here engage my words. Do not rise yet. Niels. Witness. Ever burning lights above. Elements that clip us round about. Witness that here Iago doth give up the execution of his wit, hands, heart to the wronged Othello's service. Let him command. And to obey shall be in me remorse. What bloody business ever. I greet thy love, not with vain thanks, but with acceptance bounties. And will upon the instant put thee to it. Within these three days, let me hear thee say that Cassio's not alive. My friend is dead. Is done at your request, but let her live. Damn her, lewd minx. Oh, damn her. Come, go apart with me. I will withdraw to furnish me with some swift means of death for the fair devil. Now art thou my lieutenant. I am your own forever. Exempt. Scene four before the castle at your Desdemona, Amelia, and Clown. Do you know, Sirrah, where Lieutenant Cassio lies? I dare not say he lies anywhere. My man. He's a soldier, and for one to say a soldier lies is stabbing. Go to where lodges he? Uh, to tell you where he lodges is to tell you where... I lie. Can anything be made of this? I know not where he lodges, and for me to devise a lodging and say, he lies there or he lies there, were to lie in my own throat. Can you inquire him out and be edified by report? I will catechize the world for him, 
That is, make questions and by them answer. Seek him, bid him come hither. Tell him I have moved my lord on his behalf and hope all will be well. To do this is within the compass of man's wit. And therefore, I will attempt the doing it. Is it? Where should I lose that handkerchief, Amelia? Uh, I know not, madam. Believe me, I had rather have lost my purse full of crucitos. And but my noble moor is true of mind and made of no such baseness as jealous creatures are. It were enough to put him into ill thinking. He is he not jealous? Who he? I think the sun where he was born drew all such humors from him. Look where he comes. I will not leave him now till Cassio be called to him. Enter Othello. How is it with you, my lord? Well, my good lady, oh, hardness to dissemble. How do you, Desdemona? Well, my good lord. Give me your hand. This hand is moist, my lady. It yet hath felt no age, nor known no sorrow. This argues fruitfulness and liberal heart, hot, hot, and moist. This hand of yours requires a sequester from liberty, fasting and prayer, much castigation, exercise devout, for here is a young and sweating devil here that commonly rebels. Tis a good hand, a frank one. You may indeed say so, or twas that hand that gave away my heart. A liberal hand. The hearts of old gave hands, but our new heraldry is hands, not hearts. I cannot speak of this. Come now, your promise. What promise, Chuck? I have sent to bid Cassio come speak with you. Ah, I have a salt and sorry room offends me. Lend me thy handkerchief. Here, my lord. That which I gave you. I have it not about me. Not? No, indeed, my lord. That's, that is a fault. That handkerchief did an Egyptian to my mother give. She was a charmer and could almost read the thoughts of people. She told her while she kept it to make her amiable and subdue my father entirely to her love. But if she lost it or made gift of it, my father's eyes should hold her loathed and his spirit should hunt after new fancies. She, dying, gave it me and bid me when my fate would have me wife to give it her. I did so and take heed on it. Make it a darling like your precious eye. To lose it or give it away were such perdition as nothing else could match. It's possible. Tis true. There's magic in the web of it. A sibyl that had numbered in the world, the sun to course two hundred compasses in her prophetic fury sowed the work. The worms were hallowed that did breathe the silk, and they were dyed in mummy, which is skillful conserved of maidens' hearts. Indeed. Is it true? Most veritable. Therefore look to it well. And would to God that I had never seen it. Ha! Huh? Wherefore? Why do you speak so startlingly and rash? Is it lost? Is it gone? Speak, is it out of the way? Heaven bless us! Say you! 
It is not lost. But what and if it were? How? I say it is not lost. Fetch it. Let me see it. I, so I can, sir, but I will not now. This is a trick to me from my suit. Pray you, let Cassio be received again. Fetch me the handkerchief my mind misgives. Come, never meet a more sufficient man. The handkerchief. I pray, talk me of Cassio. The handkerchief. The man that all this time hath founded his good fortunes on your love, shared dangers with you. The handkerchief. In sooth, you are to blame. Away. Exit. Not this man jealous? I never saw this before. Sure, there's some wonder in this handkerchief. I am most unhappy in the loss of it. It is not a year or two shows us a man. They are all but stomachs, we all but food, to eat us hungrily, and when they are full, they belch us. Look you, Cassio and my husband. Enter Cassio and Diago. There is no other way, to she must do it. And lo, the happiness! Go, importune her. How now, good Cassio? What's the news with you? Madam, my former suit. I do beseech you that by your virtuous means I may again exist and be a member of his love, whom I, with all the office of my heart, entirely honor. I would not be delayed. If my offense be of such mortal kind that nor my service past, nor present sorrows, nor purposed merit in futurity can ransom me into his love again, but to know so must be my benefit, so shall I clothe me in a forced content and shut myself up in some other course to fortune's alms. Alas, thrice, gentle Cassio, my advocation is not now in tune. My lord is not my lord, nor should I know him, were he in his favor as in humor altered. So help me every spirit sanctified, as I have spoken for you all my best, and stood within the blank of his displeasure for my free speech. You must a while be patient. What I can do, I will, and more I will than for myself, I dare. Let that suffice you. Is my lord angry? He went hence but now, and certainly in strange unquietness. Can he be angry? I have seen the cannon when it hath blown his ranks into the air, and like the devil from his very arm, puffed his own brother, and he be angry? I think of him then. I will go and meet him. There's matter in it if he be angry. I prithee do so. Exit Iago. Something sure of state, either from Venice or some unhatched practice made demonstrable here in Cyprus to him, hath puddled his clear spirit. And in such cases, men's natures wrangle with inferior things, though great ones are their object. Tis even so. For let our finger ache, and it undoes our other healthful members, even to that sense of pain. Nay, we must think men are not gods, nor of them look for such observances as fit the bridal. Beshrew me much, Amelia, I was 
unhandsome warrior as I am, arraigning his unkindness with my soul, but now I find I had summoned the witness and invited falsely. Pray heaven it be state matters, as you think, and no conception nor no jealous toy concerning you. Alas, the day! I never gave him cause. But jealous souls will not be answered so. They are not ever jealous for the cause, but jealous for they are jealous. Tis a monster begot upon itself, born on itself. Heaven keep that monster from Othello's mind. Lady, amen. I will go seek him. Cassio, walk hereabout. If I do find him fit, I'll move your suit and seek to effect it to my uttermost. I humbly thank your ladyship. Exunt Desdemona and Amelia. Enter Bianca. Save you, friend Cassio. <laughs> what make you from home? How is it with you, my most fair Bianca? In faith, sweet love, I was coming to your house. And I was going to your lodging, Cassio. What? Keep a week away? Seven days and nights? Eight score, eight hours? And lovers' absent hours more tedious than the dial eight score times? A weary reckoning. Pardon me, Bianca. I have this while with leaden thoughts been pressed, but I shall in a more continuate time strike off this score of absence. Sweet Bianca. Giving her Desdemona's handkerchief. Take me this workout. Oh, Cassio, whence came this? This is some token from a newer friend to the felt absence now I feel a cause. is come to this. Well, well. Go to, woman. Throw your vile guesses in the devil's teeth from whence you have them. You are jealous now that this is from some mistress, some remembrance? No. In good troth, Bianca. Why, whose is it? I know not, sweet. I found it in my chamber. I like the work well, ere it be demanded. As like enough it will, I'll have it copied. Take it and do it. And leave me for this time. Leave you? Wherefore? I do attend here on the general and think it no addition nor my wish to have him see me womaned. Why, I pray you? Not that I love you not. (laughs) But that you do not love me. I pray you, bring me on the way a little. And say if I shall see you soon at night? Tis but a little way that I can bring you, for I attend here, but I'll see you soon. Tis very good. I must be circumstanced. Excellent. Act 4, scene 1, Cyprus, before the castle. Enter Othello and Iago. Will you think so? Think so, Iago? What? To kiss in private? An unauthorized kiss. Or to be naked with her friend in bed an hour or more, not meaning any harm. (laughs) Naked in bed, Iago, and and not mean harm. It is hypocrisy against the devil. They that mean virtuously and yet do so, the devil their virtue tempts, and they tempt heaven. So they do nothing. Tis a venial slip. But if I give my wife a handkerchief... What then? Why then, tis hers, my lord. And being hers, she may, I think, bestow it on any man. She is protectress of her honor, too. May she give that? Her honor is an essence that's not seen. They have it very oft that have it not, but for the handkerchief... By heaven, I would have most gladly have forgot it. Thou saidst it comes from memory, as though 
it comes on my memory as Zuffer Raven or the infected house boarding to wall. He had my handkerchief. I would have that. That's not so good now. What? If I had said I had seen him do you wrong, or heard him say, as knaves be such abroad, who having by their own importunate suit or, or voluntary dotage of some mistress convinced or supplied them, cannot choose, but they must blab. Have you said anything? No. He hath, my lord, be but you well assured, no more than he'll answer. What have he said? Faith that he did. I know not what he did. What? What? Lie. With her? With her, on her, what you will. Lie with her? Lie on her? We say lie on her when they belie her. Lie with her. That's wholesome. Handkerchief. Confessions. Handkerchief. To confess and to be hanged for his labors. First to be hanged and then to confess. And I tremble at it. Nature would not invest herself in such shadowing passion without some instruction. It is not words that shake me thus. Pish! Noses, ears, and lips. Is possible. Confess. Handkerchief. Oh, devil. Falls in a trance. Work on my medicine. Work. Thus credulous fools are cut. And many worthy and many worthy and chaste dames even thus all guiltless meet reproach. What ho, my lord, my lord, I say, Othello. Enter Cassio. How now, Cassio? What's the matter? My lord's is fallen into an epilepsy. This is his second fit he had one yesterday. Rub him about the temples. No, forbear. The lethargy must have his quiet course. If not... He foams at the mouth, and by and by breaks out into savage madness. Look, he stirs. Do you withdraw yourself a little while? He will recover straight. When he is gone, I would on great occasion speak with you. Exit, Cassio. How is it, General? Have you not hurt your head? Just the mock me. (laughs) I mock you. No, by heaven. Would you would bear your fortune like a man? A hoarded man's a monster and a beast. There's many a beast then in a populous city, and many a civil monster. Did he confess it? Good sir, be a man. Think every bearded fellow that's but yoked may draw with you? There's millions now alive that nightly lie in those unproper beds which they dare swear peculiar. Your case is better. Oh, it is the spite of hell, the fiend's arch mock, to lip a wanton in a secure couch and to suppose her chaste. No, let me know. And knowing what I am, I know what she shall be. Oh, thou art wise, tis certain. Stand you a while apart. Confine yourself, but in a patient list, while you are here overwhelmed with your grief, a passion most unsuiting such a man. Cassio came hither. I shifted him away and laid good excuse upon your ecstasy, bade him anon return and here speak with me, which he promised. Do but encave yourself and mark the fears, the jibs and notable scorns, 
that dwell in every region of the face, for I will make him tell the tale anew, where, how, how oft, how long ago, and when he hath, and it is again to cop with your wife, I say, but mark his gesture, marry patience, or I shall say, you are all in spleen and nothing of a man. Dost thou hear, Iago? I will be found most cunning in my patience, but dost thou hear, most bloody. That's not amiss, but yet keep time and all. Will you withdraw? Othello retires. Now will I question Cassio of Bianca, a housewife that by selling her desires buys herself bread and clothes. It is a creature that dotes on Cassio, as tis the strumpet's plague to beguile many and be beguiled by one. He, when he hears of her, cannot refrain from the excess of laughter. Here he comes. We enter Cassio. As he shall smile, a fellow will go mad, and his unbookish jealousy must construe poor Cassio's smiles, gestures, and light behavior quite in the wrong. How do you know, Lieutenant? Worser that you give me the addition whose want even kills me. Ply Desdemona well, and you are sure aunt. Now, if this suit lay in Bianca's power, <laughs> well, quickly you should speak. <laughs> <laughs> Alas, poor caitiff. Look how he laughs already. Uh. I never knew a woman love man so. Alas, poor rogue, I think your faith, she loves me. Now he denies it faintly and laughs it out. <laughs> Do you hear, Cassio? <laughs> now he importunes him to tell it or go to well said, well said. She gives it out that you shall marry. Hey, do you intend it? <laughs> Do you triumph, Robin? Do you triumph? I marry her. What, a mm. customer? Prithee, bear some charity <laughs> to my wit. Do not think it so unwholesome. <laughs> so, 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 they laugh that win. Faith, the cry goes that you shall marry her. Prithee, say true. I am very villain else. Have you scored me well? This is the monkey's own giving out. She is persuaded I will marry her, out of her own love and flattery, not out of my promise. Iago beckons me. Now he begins the story. <laughs> she was here, even now. She haunts me in every place. I was the other day talking on the sea bank with certain Venetians when, see, there comes the bauble, and by this hand she falls me thus about my neck. Crying, oh, dear Cassie, as it were, his gesture imports it. So hangs and lulls and weeps upon me. So hails and pulls me. <laughs> now he tells how she plucked him to my chamber. Oh, I see yeah. the nose, that nose of yours, but not the dog I shall throw it to. Well, I must leave her company. Before me, look where she comes. It's such another fit you marry a perfumed one. <laughs> Bianca. What do you mean by this haunting of me? Let the devil and his dam haunt you. What did you mean by that same handkerchief you gave me even now? I was a fine fool to take it. I must take out the work? 
a likely piece of work that you should find it in your chamber and not know who left it there. This is some minxus token and I must take out the work there. Give it to your hobby horse, wheresoever you had it. I'll take out no work on it. How now, my sweet Bianca, how now, how now? My heaven, that should be my handkerchief. And you'll come to supper tonight. You may, and you will not come when you are next prepared for. Exit. After her, after her. Faith, I must, she'll rail in the street else. Well, you sup there. Faith, I intend to. Well, I may chance to see you, for I would very fain to speak with you. Prithee, come, will you? Go to, say no more. Exit Cassio. How shall I murder him, Iago? Did you perceive how he laughed at his vice? Oh, Iago. Did, did you see the handkerchief? Was that mine? Yours, by this hand. And, and to see how he prizes the foolish woman, your wife? She gave it him, and he hath given it to his whore? I would have him nine years of killing a fine woman, a fair woman, a sweet woman. Nay, you must forget that. I let her rot and perish and be damned tonight. For she shall not live. No, my heart is turned to stone. I strike it, and it hurts my hand. Oh, the world hath not a sweeter creature. She might lie by an emperor's side and command him tasks. Nay, that's not your way. Hang her! I do but say what she is. So delicate with her needle, needle, an admirable musician. Oh, she will sing the savageness out of a bear of so high and plenteous wit and invention. She's the worst for all this. Oh, a thousand, thousand times, and then of so gentle a condition. Aye, too gentle. Nay, that's certain. But yet the pity of it, Iago. Oh, Iago, the pity of it, Iago. If you are so fond over her iniquity, give her patent to offend, for if it touch not you, it comes near nobody. Oh, chop her into messes. Cuckold me. Oh, tis a foul in her. With mine officer. That's fouler. Get me some poison, Iago, this night. I'll not expostulate with her, lest her body and beauty unprovide my mind again this night, Iago. Do it not with poison. Strangle her in bed, even the bed that she hath contaminated. Good. Good. The justice, is, the justice of it pleases very good. And for Cassio, let me be his undertaker. You shall hear more by midnight. Excellent. Good. Bum, ba, da, bum. What trumpet is that same? Something from Venice, sure. Uh, Tis Ludvigo, come from the Duke, and see, your wife is with him. Enter Ludvigo, Desdemona, and attendants. Save you, worthy general. With all my heart, sir. Uh, the Duke and Senators of Venice uh, greet you. <laughs> I kiss the instrument of their pleasures. Opens the letter and reads. 
And what's the news, good cousin Lodovico? I'm very glad to see you, senor. Welcome to Cyprus. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, how does Lieutenant Cassio? Lives, sir. Cousin, there's fallen between him and my lord an unkind breach, but you mm. shall make all well. Are you sure of that? My lord? It's for you not to do as you will. Uh, he did not call. He's busy in the paper. Is there division twixt my lord and Cassio? Most unhappy one. I would do much to atone them for the love I bear to Cassio. Yes. Iron brimstone. My lord? Are you wise? Is he angry? Uh, maybe the letter moved him, for as I think they do command him home, deputing Cassio and his government. Trust me, I'm glad on it. Indeed. I'm glad to see you mad. My sweet Othello. Devil. I have not deserved this. My lord, this would not be believed in Venice, though I should swear I saw it tis very much. Make her amends, she weeps. Oh, devil. Devil, if that the earth could teem with women's tears, each drop she falls would prove a crocodile out of my sight. Do not stay to offend you. Going. Truly an obedient lady. I, I do beseech your lordship, call her back. Mistress. My lord. What would you with her, sir? Who, I, my lord? I, you did wish that I would make her turn. Sir, she can turn, and turn, and yet go on, and turn again, and she can weep, sir, weep. And she's obedient. As you say, obedient, very obedient. Proceed you in your tears. Concerning this, sir, oh, well-painted passion, I am commanded home. Get you away, I'll send for you anon. Sir, I obey the mandate, and I will return to Venice. Hence, avaunt! Exit Desdemona. Cassio shall have my place. And, sir, tonight I do entreat that we may sup together. You are welcome to Cyprus. Goats and monkeys. Exit. Is this the noble Moor whom our full senate call all in all sufficient? Is this the nature whom passion could not shake, whose solid virtue the shot of accident nor dart of chance could neither graze nor pierce? Mm. He is much changed. Are his wits safe? Is he not light of brain? He's that he is. I may not breathe my censure what he might be, if what he might he is not. I would to heaven he were. What? Strike his wife? Faith, that was not so well. <laughs> Yet, what I knew, that stroke would prove the worst. Is it his use, or did the letters work upon his blood and new create this fault? Uh, alas, alas, it, it is not honesty in me to speak what I have seen. No. 
more of him own quiz save my speech. Do go after and mark how he continues. I'm sorry that I am deceived in him. Exent, scene two, a room in the castle. Enter Othello and Amelia. You have seen nothing then. Nor ever heard, nor ever did suspect. Yes, you have seen Cassio and she together. But then I saw no harm, and then I heard each syllable that breath made up between them. What, did they never whisper? Never, my lord. Nor send you out of the way? Never. To fetch her fan, her glove, her mask, nor nothing? Never, my lord. That's strange. I durst, my lord, to wager. She is honest. Lay down my soul at stake. If you think other, remove that in your thought. It doth abuse your bosom. If any wretch have put this in your mind, let heaven requite it with the serpent's curse. For if she be not honest, chaste, and true, there's no man happy. The purest of the wives is foul as slander. Better come hither. Go. Exit Amelia. She says enough. Yet she's a simple bard that cannot say as much. This is a subtle whore, a closet lock and key of villainous secrets, and yet she'll kneel and pray. I've seen her do it. Enter Desdemona with Amelia. My lord, what is your will? Pray, Chuck, come hither. What is your pleasure? Let me see her eyes. Look in my face. What horrible fancy is this? Some of your function, mistress, leave procreants alone and shut the door. Cough or cry ham if anybody come. Your mystery, your mystery, nay, dispatch. Exit Amelia. Upon my knees, what doth your speech import? I understand a fury in your words, but not the words. Why? What art thou? Your wife, my lord, your true and loyal wife. Come, swear it, damn thyself, lest, being like one of heaven, the devils themselves should fear to seize thee, therefore be double damned, swear and thou art honest. Heaven doth truly know it. Heaven truly, heaven truly knows thou art false as hell. To whom, my lord? With whom? How am I false? Go, Desdemona, away, away, away. It's a heavy day. Why do you weep? Am I the motive of these tears, my lord? If haply you, my father, do suspect an instrument of this your calling back, lay not your blame on me. If you have lost him, why, I have lost him too. And it pleased heaven to try me with affliction. Had they rained all kinds of sores and shames on my bare head, steeped me in poverty to the very lips, given to captivity me in my utmost hopes, I should have found in some place of my soul a drop of patience. But alas, to make me a fixed figure for the time of scorn to point his slow, unmoving finger at, yet I could bear that too. Well, very well, but there, where I have garnered up my heart, where either I must live or bear no life, the fountain from the which my current runs or else dries up to be discarded thence, or keep, keep it as a cistern for foul toads to not engender in, turn thy complexion there. 
patience, thou young and rose-lipped chairman, I there look grim as hell. I hope my noble lord esteems me honest. Oh, I, as supper flies in the shamble, that quicken even with blowing. Oh, thou weed, who art so lovely fair. Oh, thou weed, who art so lovely fair and smell so sweet that the sense aches at thee, thou hadst ne'er been born. Alas, what ignorant sin have I committed? Was this fair paper, this most goodly book, made to write whore upon? What committed? Committed? Who, though public commoner, I should make... I should make very forges of my cheeks that would to cinders burn up modesty did I but speak thy deeds. What committed? Heaven stops the nose at it, and the moon winks the body wind the body wind that kisses all ill it meets is hushed within the hollow mine of earth. And wilt thou hear it? What committed? Impudent strumpet. By heaven, you do me wrong. Are you not a strumpet? No, as I am a Christian, if to preserve this vessel for my lord from any other foul, unlawful touch be not to be a strumpet, I am none. What? Not a whore? No, as I shall be saved. It's possible. Oh, heaven forgive us. I cry, I cry you mercy then. I took you for that cunning whore of Venice that married with Othello. You, mistress, that have the office the office opposite to St. Peter and keep the gates of hell. You, you, I, you, we have done our course. There's money for your pains. I pray you turn the key and keep our counsel. Exit. Re-enter Amelia. Alas, what does this gentleman conceive? How do you, madam? How do you, my good lady? Faith, half asleep. Good madam, what's the matter with my lord? With who? I'm with my lord, madam. Who is thy lord? He that is yours, sweet lady. I have none. Do not talk to me, Amelia. I cannot weep, nor answer. Have I none, but would should go by water? Prithee, tonight, lay on my bed my wedding sheets. Remember, and call thy husband hither. Use the change indeed. Exit. Tis meet I should be used so very meet. How have I been behaved that he might stick the smallest opinion on my least misuse? Re-enter Amelia with Iago. What is your pleasure, madam? How is it with you? I cannot tell. Those that do teach young babes do it with gentle means and easy tasks. You might have chid me so, for in good faith, I am a child to chiding. What's the matter, lady? Alas, Iago, my lord hath so behoard her thrown such despite and heavy terms upon her as true hearts cannot bear. Am I that name, Iago? What name, fair lady? 
such as she says my lord did say I was. He called her whore. A beggar in his drink could not have laid such terms upon his callot. Why did he do so? I do not know. I am sure I am none such. Do not weep. Do not weep. Alas, the day. She forsook so many noble matches. Her father and her country and her friends to be called whore. Would it not make one weep? It is my wretched fortune. Beshrew him for it. How comes this trick upon him? No. I will be hanged if some eternal villain, some busy and insinuating rogue, some cogging, cousining slave to get some office have not devised this slander. I'll be hanged else. Fie, there is no such man. It is impossible. If any such, heaven pardon him. A halter pardon him. A hell gnaw his bones. Why should he call her whore? Who keeps her company? What place? What time? What form? What likelihood? The Moors abused by some most villainous knave, some base, notorious knave, some scurvy fellow. Oh, heaven, that such companions should, should unfold and put in every honest hand a whip to lash the rascal naked through the world, even from the east to the west. Speak within the door upon them. Some such squire he was that turned your wit to the steamy side without and made you to suspect me with the moor. You are a fool, go to. Ah. Good Iago, what shall I do to win my lord again? Good friend, go to him. But by this light of heaven, I know not how I lost him. Here I kneel, if e'er my will did trespass against his love, either in discourse of thought or actual deed, or that mine eyes, mine ears, or any sense delighted them in any other form, or that I do not yet, or ever did, or ever will again, though he do shake me off to beggarly divorcement, love him dearly, comfort, forswear me. Unkindness may do much, and his unkindness may defeat my life, but never taint my love. I cannot say whore. It does abhor me to know, to now I speak the word, to do the act that might the addition earn not the world's massive vanity could make me. I pray you, be content. Tis but his humor. The business of state does him offense, and he does chide with you. If twere no other, can is but so, I warrant. Hark, how these instruments summon to supper. <laughs> the messengers of Venice stay the meat. Go in and weep not. All things shall be well. Exunt Desdemona and Amelia. Enter Rodrigo. How now, Rodrigo? I do not find that thou dealst justly with me. <laughs> What in the contrary? Every day thou daffest me with some device, Iago, and rather, as it seems to me now, keepest from me all conveniency that supplies me with the least advantage of hope. I will no longer endure it, nor am I yet persuaded to put up in peace what already I have foolishly suffered. 
Will you hear me, Rodrigo? Please, I have heard too much for your words and performances are no kin together. You charge me most unjustly. With naught but truth, I have wasted myself out of my means. The jewels you have had me had from me to deliver to Desmona would half have corrupted a votarist. You have told me she hath received them and returned me expectations and comforts of a sudden respect and acquaintance, but I find none. Well, go to. Very well. Very well, go to. I cannot go to, man, nor tis it not very well. Nay, I think it is scurvy and begin to find myself flopped in it. Very well. I tell you, tis not very well. I will make myself known to Desdemona. If she will return me my jewels, I will go over my suit and repent my unlawful uh. If not, assure yourself I will seek satisfaction of you. You have said now. I and said nothing but what I protest intendments of doing. Why? Now I see the there's metal in thee, and even for thee, a better opinion than ever before. Give me thy hand, Rodrigo. Thou hast taken against me a most just exception, but yet, I protest, I have dealt most directly in thy affair. It hath not appeared. I grant, indeed, it hath not appeared, and your suspicion is not without wit and judgment, but Rodrigo... If thou hast, that that thee indeed, which I have greater reason to believe now than ever, I mean purpose, courage, and valor, this night show it. If thou the next night following enjoy not this world with treachery and devise engines for my life. Well... What is it? Is it within reason and compass? No, let's be again. Uh... Sir, there is a special commission come from Venice to in Othello's place. Is that true? Why, then Othello and Desdemona return again to Venice. Oh, no. He goes to Mauritania and takes away with him the fair Desdemona, unless his abode be lingered here by an accident wherein none can be so determinate as the removing of Cassio. How do you mean removing of him? Why, by making him incapable of Othello's place. <laughs> Knocking out his brains. And that you would have me to do. I if you dare do yourself a profit and a right. He sups tonight with a harlotry, and thither will I go to him. He knows not yet of his horrible fortune. If you will watch his going thence, which I will fashion to fall out between twelve and one, you may take him at your pleasure. 
I will be near to second your attempt, and he shall fall between us. Come, stand not amazed at it, but go along with me. I shall show you such a necessity in his death that you shall think yourself bound to put it on him. There's now high supper time, and the night grows to waste. About it. I will hear further reason for this. And you shall be satisfied. Exit. Scene three, another room in the castle. Enter Othello, Ludovico, Desdemona, Amelia, and attendants. I do beseech you, sir, trouble yourself no further. Oh, pardon me. Twill do me good to walk. Uh, madam, good night. I humbly thank your ladyship. Your honor is most welcome. Will you walk, sir? Oh, Desdemona? My lord? Get you to bed on the instant. I will be returned forthwith. Dismiss your attendant there. Look, it be done. I will, my lord. Exent Othello, Ludvigo, and attendants. How goes it now? Looks gentler than he did. Hmm. He says he will return incontinent. He hath commanded me to go to bed and bade me to dismiss you. Dismiss me? It was his bidding, therefore, good Amelia, give me my knightly wearing and adieu. We must not now displease him. But you have never seen him. So would not I, my love, doth so approve him, that even his stubbornness, his checks, his frowns, prithee unpin me of grace and favor in them. I have laid those sheets you bade me on the bed. Oswine. Good faith, how foolish are our minds. If I do die before thee, prithee, shroud me in one of those same sheets. Come, come, you talk. My mother had a maid called Barbara. She was in love. And he she loved proved mad and did forsake her. She had a song of willow old thing to us, but it expressed her fortune and she died singing it. That song tonight will not go from my mind. I have much to do, but to go hang my head all at one sign and sing it like poor Barbara Frithy, dispatch. Sh shall I go fetch your nightgown? No one pin me here. This Lodovico is a proper man. A very handsome man. Speaks well. I know a lady in Venice would have walked barefoot to Palestine for a touch of his nether lip. The poor soul sat seen by a sycamore tree Sing willow, willow, willow Her hand on her bosom, her head on her knee Sing below, below, below. The fresh streams ran by her and murmured her moans. Sing below, below, below. Her soul tears fell from her and softened the stone. Sing below. 
lay by these. Prithee, hide thee. Let nobody blame him, his scorn I approve. Hey, that's not next. Hark, who is it who knocks? It's the wind. I call my love false love, but what said he then? Sing below, willow, willow. If I caught more women, you'll couch with more men. Get thee gone. Good night. Mine eyes do itch. Doth boat weeping. Tis neither here nor there. I have heard it said so. Oh, these men, these men. Dost thou in conscience think, tell me, Amelia, that there be women to abuse their husbands in such gross kind? There be such, no question. Wouldst thou do such a deed for all the world? Well, I would not you. No, by this heavenly light. Nor I neither by this heavenly light. I might do it in the dark. Wouldst thou do such a deed for all the world? The world's a huge thing. It is a great price for a small vice. In truth, I think thou wouldst not. <laughs> In truth, I think I should. And undo it when I had done. Mary, I would not do such a thing for a, a joint ring, nor for measures of lawn, nor for gowns, petticoats, nor caps, nor any petty exhibition, but for the whole world? Why would you not make her husband a cuckold for, to make him a monarch? I should venture purgatory for it. Beshrew me, if I would do such a wrong for the whole world. <laughs> Why, the wrong is but a wrong in the world. And having the world for your labor, tis a wrong in your own world. And you might quickly make it right. I do not think there is any such woman. <laughs> yes, a dozen. And as many to the advantage as would store the world they played for. But I do think it is their husbands' faults if wives do fall. Say that they slack their duties and pour our treasures into foreign laps. Or else break out in peevish jealousies, throwing restraint upon it. Or say they strike us. Or scant our former having in despite. Why? We have galls, and though we have some grace, yet we have some revenge. Let husbands know their wives have sense like them. They see and smell, and have their palates both for sweet and sour, as husbands have. What is it that they do when they change us for others? Is it sport? I think it is. And doth affection breed it? I think it doth. Is frailty that thus errs? 
It is so too. And have not we affections, desires for sport and frailty as men have? Then let them use us well. Else let them know the ills we do, their ills instruct us so. Good night. Heaven me, such uses send, not to pick bad from bad, but by bad mend. Exent. Act five, scene one, Cyprus Street. Enter Iago and Rodrigo. Here, stand behind this bulk. Straight will he come, wear thy good rapier bare, and put it home. Quick, quick, fear nothing. I'll be at thy elbow. It makes us or it mars us on that, and fix most firm thy resolution. Be near at hand, I may miscarry it. Here, at thy hand, be bold, and take thy stand. Retires. I have no great devotion to the deed, and yet he hath given me satisfying reasons. Tis but a man gone. Forth my sword, he dies. I have rubbed this young quat almost to the sense, and he grows angry. Now, whether he kill Cassio, or Cassio him, or each do kill each other, every way makes my game. Live Rodrigo. He calls me to a restitution large of gold and jewels that I bobbed from him as Simone. It must not be. If Cassio remain, yeah, he, may th- he, make, he hath a daily beauty in his life. That makes me ugly, and besides, the more may unfold me to him. There I stand in much peril. No, he must die. But so, I hear him coming. Enter Cassio. I know his gate. Tis he, villain, thou diest. Makes a pass at Cassio. That thrust had been mine enemy indeed, but that my coat is better than thou knowest. I will make proof of thine. Draws and wounds Rodrigo. Oh, I am slain. Iago from behind wounds Cassio at the leg and exit. I am maimed forever! Help! Oh, murder! Murder! Balls, enter Othello. The voice of Cassio. Iago keeps his word. Villain that I am. Tis even so. Oh, help! Oh, light! A surgeon! Tis he, oh, brave Iago, honest and just, that that hath such noble sense of thy friend's wrong. Thou teachest me, minion, our dear lies, your dear lies dead, and your unblessed fate highs. Strumpet I come, forth of my heart, whose those charms, thine eyes are blotted, thy bed lust stained, shall be shall with lust's blood be spotted. Exit. Enter Ludvico and Graciano. What? Oh no watch, no passage, murder, murder. There's some chance the cry is very direful. Oh, help! Hark! Oh, wretched villain! Two or three groan, it is heavy night. These may be counterfeits. Let's think it unsafe to come in the cry without more help. Nobody come, then I shall bleed to death. Hark! Re-enter Iago with a light. Here's one comes in his shirt with light and weapons. Who's there? Whose noise is this that one's on murder? We do not know. Did you not hear a cry? Here, here, for heaven's sake, help me. 
What's the matter? This is Othello's ancient, as I take it. Oh, the very same. A uh, val- very valiant fellow. Why are you here that cry so grievously? Iago. Oh, I am spoiled, undone by villains. Give me some help. Oh, me, Lieutenant. What villains have done this? I think that one of them is hereabout and cannot make a way. Oh, treacherous villains. What, are you there? Come in, give us some help. Oh, help me here. That's one of them. Oh, murderous slave, a villain. Stabs Rodrigo. Damn, Diago. Oh, inhuman dog. Ill men in the dark? Where be these bloody thieves? How silent is this town? As you shall prove us, praise us. Sir Iago? Sir Iago, as you shall prove us, praise us. Am I back? What a night, huh? Just going to pause for a second while we wait for Iago to come back. The internet's not on our side. Right. Every time you enter, you're on mute, Loren. You are still on mute, by the way. Come on, Loretta. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, why don't we take it from... Um, Is it just the two of us? Is everybody yeah. else? <laughs> um, okay, sorry. Can you take it from the stabbing of Rodrigo? Oh, never mind. She's gone again. <laughs> Everyone pause. Oh, God. <laughs> such a okay she's here she's here okay oh i'm so sorry (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna take it from the stabbing of rodrigo i love it okay stabs rodrigo oh damn diago oh inhuman dog kill men of the dark where be these bloody thieves how silent is this town ho murder murder where may you be are you good or evil you shall prove us, praise us. Signor, Signor Ludvigo. He, sir. I cry you mercy. Here's Cassio, hurt by villains. Cassio? How is it, brother? My leg is cut in two. Mary, heaven forbid. Light, gentlemen, I'll bind it with my shirt. 
Enter Bianca. What is the matter? Oh, who is that cried? Who is that cried? Oh, my dear Cassio. My sweet Cassio. Oh, Cassio. Cassio, Cassio. Oh, notable strumpet. Cassio, may you suspect who they should be that have thus many led you? No. I am to find you thus. I have been to seek you out. Lend me a garter. So, offer a chair to bear him easily hence. Alas, he faints. Cassio? Cassio! Cassio! Gentlemen, all, I do suspect this trash to be a party in this injury. Patience a while. Good. Cassio, come, come, lend me a light. Know we this face or no? Alas, my friend and my dear countryman, Rodrigo. No, yes, sure. Oh, heaven, Rodrigo. What, a, a Venice? Even he. Sir, do, do you know him? No, know him, I. Signor Graciano? Oh, I cry you gentle pardon. These bloody ancients' accidents must excuse my manners that so neglected you. I am glad to see you. How do you, Cassio? Oh, a chair, a chair! Rico. He, he, tis he. A chair is brought in. Oh, that's well said. The some, chair. Some good men. Some good man, bear him carefully from hence. I'll fetch the general surgeon. For you, mistress, save you your labor. He that lies slain here, Cassio, was my dear friend. What malice was between you? None in the world, nor do I know the man. What? Look you pale. Oh, bear him out of the air. Stay you. Cassio and Rodrigo are born off. Stay you, good gentlemen. Look you pale, mistress. Do you perceive the ghastness in her eye? Nay, if you stare, we shall hear more anon. Behold her well. I pray you, look upon her. Do you see, gentlemen? Nay, guiltiness will speak, though tongues were out of use. Enter Amelia. Yes, what's the matter? What's the matter, husband? Cassio hath here been set on in the dark by Rodrigo and fellows that are escaped. He's almost slain and Rodrigo dead. Alas, good gentleman. Alas, good Cassio. This is the fruit of whoring. Prithee, Amelia, go know of Cassio where he sept tonight. What? Do you shake at that? Uh, he supped at my house, but I therefore shake not. Did he so? I charge you, go with me. Fie upon thee, strumpet. I am no strumpet, but of life as honest as you that thus abuse me. As I? Fie upon thee. Kind gentlemen, let's go see poor Cassio dressed. Come, mistress, you must tell another tale. Amelia, you run to the citadel and tell my lord and lady what hath happened. Will you go on? I pray. This is the night that either makes me or foredoes me quite. Exit. Scene two, a bedchamber in the castle does Demona in bed asleep. A light burning. <coughs> it is a cause. 
It is the cause, my soul. Let me not name it to you, you chase stars. It is the cause. Yet I'll not shed her blood, nor scar that whiter skin of hers than snow and smooth as monumental alabaster. Yet she must die, else she betray more men. Put out the light, and then put out the light. If I quench thee, thou flaming minister, I can again thy former light restore, should I repent me. But once I have put out thy light, thy cunning, thou cunning's pattern of excelling nature, I know not where is that Promethean heap that can thy light relume. Once I have plucked the rose, I cannot give it vital growth again. It must needs wither. I'll smell thee on the tree. Kissing her. Body breath that doth almost persuade justice to break her sword. One more, one more. Be thus when thou art dead, and I will kill thee and love thee after. One more, and this the last. So sweet was ne'er so fatal. <laughs> I must weep, but they are cruel tears. This sorrow's heavenly, it strikes where it does love. She wakes. Othello. Othello. Aye, Desdemona. Will you come to bed, my lord? Have you prayed tonight, Desdemona? Aye, my lord. If you bethink yourself of any crime... Unreconciled as yet to heaven and grace, solicit for it straight. Alas, my lord, what do you mean by that? Well, do it to be brief. I will walk by. I will not kill thy unprepared spirit. No, heaven forfend. I will not kill thy soul. Talk you of killing. Aye, I do. And heaven have mercy on me. Amen, with all my heart. Say so, I hope you will not kill me. <sighs> and yet I fear you, for you are fatal then when your eyes also. Why I should fear I know not, since guiltless I know not. But yet I feel I fear. Think on thy sins. For loves I bear to you. Aye, and for that thou diest. That death's unnatural that you were loving. Alas, why gnaw you so your nether lip? Some bloody passion shakes your very frame. These are portents, but yet I hope, I hope, they do not point on me. He said, be still. I will so. What's the matter? That handkerchief, which I loved and gave thee, thou gavest to Cassio. No, by my life and soul, send for the man and ask him. Sweet soul. Take heed, take heed of perjury. Thou art on thy deathbed. Not yet to die. Yes, presently. Therefore confess thee freely of thy sins. For to deny each article with oath cannot remove nor choke the strong conception that I do groan withal. Thou art to die. Lord, have mercy on me. I say amen. Have mercy on you too. I never did offend you in my life. Never loved Cassio, but with such general warranty of heaven as I might love, I never gave him token. 
By heaven, I saw the handkerchief in his hand. O perjured woman, thou dost stone my heart and makes me call what I intend to do a murder which I thought a sacrifice. I saw the handkerchief. Found it then. I never gave it him. Send for him hither. Let him confess the truth. He hath confessed. What, my lord? That he hath used thee. How? Unlawfully? Aye. He will not say so. No, his mouth is stopped. Honesty young will have taken order for it. Fear interprets what is he dead? Had all his hairs been lives, my great revenge had stomach for them all. Alas, he is betrayed and I undone. Outstrumpet, weeps thou for him to my face. Banish me, my lord, but kill me not. Down, strumpet. Kill me tomorrow, let me live tonight. Nay, you strive. Half an hour. Being done, there is no pause. Well, I say one prayer. It is too late. I pulls her. Amelia? My lord, my lord, what ho, my lord, my lord! What noise is this? Not dead? Not yet quite dead? I that am cruel am yet merciful. I will not have thee linger in thy pain. So. What so. ho! My Who's lord, there? my lord! Who's there? Oh, good, my lord, I would speak with you, Ward. Yes, it is Amelia. By and by. She's dead. Just like she comes to speak of Cassio's death. The noise was what the noise was there. The noise was here. Huh. No more moving? Still is a grave. Shall she come in? Word good. I think she stirs again. No. What's best to do? If she come in, she'll, she'll sure speak to my wife. My wife. My wife. What wife? I have no wife. Oh, it's supportable. Oh, every hour. Methinks it should be now a huge eclipse of sun and moon, and that the affrighted globe should yawn at alteration. I do beseech you that I may speak with you, O oh, good my lord. I had forgot thee. Oh, come in, Amelia. Soft, by and by. Be draw the curtain. Where art thou? Unlocks the door. Enter Amelia. What's the matter with thee now? Oh, good my lord, yonder's foul murder's done. What now? But now, my lord. It is the very air of the moon. She comes more near the earth than she is wont and makes men mad. Cassio, my lord, hath killed a young Venetian called Rodrigo. Rodrigo killed and Cassio killed. No, Ca Cassio is not killed. Not Cassio killed? Then murder's attitude and sweet revenge grows harsh. Oh, falsely, falsely murdered. Alas, what cry is that? That what? Out, and alas, what? That was my lady's voice. Help, help, ho, help! Oh, lady, speak again. Sweet Desdemona, oh, sweet mistress, speak. A guiltless death I die. Well, who hath done this deed? Nobody, 
I myself. Farewell. Commend me to my kind lord. Oh, farewell. Thanks. Why, how should she be murdered? Alas, who knows? You heard her say herself, it was not I. She said so. I must needs report the truth. She's like a liar gone to burning hell. Twas I that killed her. Oh, the more angel she and you, the blacker devil. She turned to folly and she was a whore. Thou dost belie her, and thou art a devil. She was false as water. Thou art rash as fire to say that she was false. She was heavenly true. Cassio did top her. Ask thy husband else. Oh, I were damned beneath all depths in hell, but that I did proceed upon just ground to this, ex to this, to this extremity. Thy husband knew it all. My husband? Thy husband. That she was false to wedlock? Aye, with Cassio. Nay, had she been true, if heaven would make me such another world of one entire and perfect chrysolite, I'd not have sold her for it. My husband? Aye, it was he that told me first. An honest man he is and hates the slime that sticks on filthy deeds. My husband. What needs this iteration, woman? I say thy husband. Oh, mistress, villainy hath made mocks with love. My husband, say that she was false. He, woman, I say thy husband, dost understand the word. My friend, thy husband, honest, honest Iago. If he say so, may his pernicious soul rot half a grain a day. He lies to the heart. She was too fond of her most filthy bargain. Do oh. thy worst. This deed of thine is no more worthy heaven than thou wast worthy her. Peace, you are best. Thou hast not half the power to do me harm as I have to be hurt. Oh, gull, oh, dolt, as ignorant as dirt, thou hast done a deed. I care not for thy sword. I'll make thee known. Thou I lost, though I lost twenty lives. Help! Help, ho! Help! The more have killed my mistress. Murder! Murder! Enter Montano, Gratiano, Iago, and others. What is the matter? How now, General? Oh, are you come, Iago? You have done well, and men must lay their murders on your neck. What is the matter? Disprove this villain, if thou beest a man. He says thou toldst him that his wife was false. I know thou didst not. Thou art not such a villain. Speak, for my heart is full. I told him what I thought and told no more than what he found himself was apt and true. Did you, did you ever tell him she was false? I did. You told a lie, an odious, damned lie upon my soul. A lie, a wicked lie. She false with Cassio? Did you say with Cassio? With Cassio, mistress. Go to. Charm your tongue. I charm my tongue. I am bound to speak. My mistress here lies murdered in her bed. Oh, heavens forfend. You, your reports have set the murder on. Nay, stare not, masters. Tis true indeed. 
Tis a strange truth. Oh, monstrous act. Villainy. 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 I think upon it. I think. I smell it. Oh, villainy. I thought so then. I'll kill myself for grief. Oh, villainy. Villainy. What? Are you mad? I charge you. Get you home. Good gentlemen, let me have leave to speak. Tis proper I obey him, but not now. Perchance, Iago, I will never go home. Oh, oh, oh! He falls on the bed. Nay, lay thee down and roar, for thou hast killed the sweetest innocent that e'er did lift up I. Oh, she was false. I scarce did know you, uncle. There lies your niece, whose breath indeed these hands have newly stopped. I know this act shows horrible and grim. Poor Desdemona, I am glad thy father's dead. Thy match was mortal to him, and pure grief shore his old thread in twain. Did he live now, this sight would make him to a desperate turn. Yea, curse his better angel from his side and fall to reprobation. Tis pitiful. But yet Iago knows that she with Cassio hath the act of shame a thousand times committed. Cassio confessed it, and she did gratify his amorous works with that recognizance and pledge of love which I first gave her. I saw it in his hands. It was that. It was a handkerchief, an antique token my father gave my mother. Come, hold your peace. Twill out, twill out, I peace. No, I will speak as liberal as the North, yet heaven and men and devils let them all, all cry shame against me, yet I will speak. Be wise and get you home. I will, Pat. Buy your sword upon a woman. That handkerchief thou speak'st of, I found by fortune, and did give my husband. For often, with the solemn earnestness more than indeed belonged to such a trifle, he begged me to steal it. <laughs> Villainous whore! He gave it, Cassio. No, alas, I found it, and I did give it my husband. Elf, thou liest! By heaven, I do not, I do not, gentlemen. Oh, murderous coxcomb, what should such a fool do with so good a woman? Are there no stones in heaven but to serve for thunder? Precious villain! He runs at Iago. Iago from behind stabs Amelia and exits. The woman falls. Sure, he, he hath killed his wife. I, I lay me by my mistress' side. He's gone, but his wife's killed. Tis a notorious villain. Take you this weapon, which I have here recovered from the moor. Come, guard the door without. Let him not pass, but kill him rather. All after that same villain, for tis a damned slave. Exempt Montano and Gratiano. I am not valiant neither. But every puny whipster gets my sword. But why should honor outlive honesty? Let it go all. What did thy song bode, lady? Hark, canst thou hear it? I will play the swan and die in music. Willow, 
more she was chased, she loved thee, cruel more. So come my soul to bliss as I speak true, so speaking as I die, I die. Guys. I have another weapon in this chamber. It is a sword of Spain, the Icebrook's temper. Oh, here it is. Uncle, I must come forth. If thou attempt it, it will cost thee dear. Thou hast no weapon, and perforce must suffer. Look in upon me, then, and speak with me. Or, naked as I am, I will assault thee. Re-enter Graciano. What is the matter? Old, I have a weapon. A better never did itself sustain upon a soldier's thigh. I have seen the day that, with this little arm and this good sword, I have made my way through more impediments than twenty times your stop. But oh, vain boast. Who can control his fate? Tis not so now. Be not afraid. Though you do see me weaponed, here is my journey's end, here is my button, very sea mark of my utmost sail. Do you go back dismayed? Tis a lost fear. Man, man but a rush against a fellow's breast, and he retires. Where should a fellow go? Now, how dost thou look now, O ill-starred wench, pale as thy smock? When shall we meet at Compt? This look of thine will hurl my soul from heaven, and fiends will snatch at it cold. Cold, my girl. Even like thy chastity, O cursed slave, whip me, ye devils, from this possession of this heavenly sight. Blow me about in winds, roast me in sulfur, wash me in steep-down gulfs of liquid fire. Oh, Desdemona, Desdemona, dead. Oh, no, oh. oh. no. Ludvico Montano, Cassio carried him there and officers with Iago prisoner. Where is this rash and most unfortunate man? That's he that was Othello. Here I am. Where is that viper? Bring the villain forth. I look down towards his feet, but that's a fable. If thou beest a devil, I cannot kill thee. <laughs> Wrench his sword from him. Wounds Iago. Wrench his sword from him. Iago is on mute. He bleeds, sir, but is not killed. I bleed, sir, but I'm not killed. I am not sorry, neither. I'd have thee live. For in my sense, tis happiness to die. Thou, Othello, thou would run so good, fallen in the practice of a damned knave, what shall be said to thee? Anything. An honorable murderer, if you will. For not I did in hate but all 
in order. This wretch hath hard confessed his villainy. Did you, did he consent in Cassio's death? Dear General, I never gave you cause. I do believe it. And ask your pardon. Will you, I pray, demand that demi-devil why he hath thus ensnared my soul and body? Demand me nothing. What you know, you know. From this time forth, I never will speak a word. What? Not to pray? Torments will ope your lips. Well, thou dost best. Sir, you shall understand what hath befallen, which is, I think, you know not. Here is a letter found in the pocket of the slain Rodrigo. And here another. The one of them imports the death of Cassio to be undertook by Rodrigo. Oh, Ellen. Most heathenish and most gross. Now here's another discontented paper found in his pocket too. And this, it seems, Rodrigo meant to have sent this damned villain, but that the like Iago in the interim came in and satisfied him. Oh, the pernicious caitiff. How came you, Cassio, by that handkerchief that was my wife's? I found it in my chamber. And he himself confessed, but even now that there he dropped it for a special purpose, which wrought to his desire. Oh, fool. 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 There is besides in Rodrigo's letter how he upbraids Iago, that he made him brave me upon the watch, whereon it came that I was cast. And even but now he spake, after long seeming dead, Iago hurt him. Iago set him on. You must forsake this realm and go with us. Your power and command is taken off, and Cassio rules in Cyprus. For this slave, if there be any cunning cruelty that can torment him much and hold him along, it shall be his. You shall close prisoner rest till that nature of your fault be known to the Venetian state. Come, bring him away. Off to you. A word or two before you go. I have done the state some service and they know it. No more of that. I pray you, in your letters when you shall these unlucky deeds relate, speak of me as I am, nothing extenuate, nor set down aught in malice. Then must you speak of one that loved not wisely, but too well. Of one not easily jealous, but being wrought, perplexed in the extreme. Of one whose hand, like a base Indian, threw a pearl away, richer than all his tribe. Of one whose subdued eyes, albeit unused to the melting mood, dropped tears as fast as the Arabian trees their medicinal gum Set you down this, and say besides, that an Aleppo once, where a malignant and turpin Turk beat a Venetian and traduced a state, I took by the throat the circumcised dog and smote him thus. Oh, God, you period. 
All that spoke is marred. I kissed thee. Ere I killed thee. No way but this. Killing myself. To die. Upon a kiss. Falls on the bed and dies. This did I fear. But thought he had no weapon. For he was great of heart. Oh, Spartan dog. More fell than anguish, hunger, or the sea. Look on the tragic loading of this bed. This is thy work. The object's poison sights. Let it be hid, Gratiano. Keep the house and seize upon the fortunes of the moor, for they succeed on you. To you, Lord Governor, remains the censure of this hellish villain. The time, the place, the torture will enforce it. Myself will straight abroad into the state, this heavy act with heavy heart relate. Sent. <laughs> 